two men cover the happenings of it all. What's up, everybody? Professional Wrestling. We said the wrestling world was going to change. CM Punk is all elite, and honestly, it couldn't have gone better. I think it's possible that Goldberg beats Lashley and that Big E beats Goldberg. Because I don't see Big E beating Roman. I thought ROH was a pile of crap. I think corporate ROH is gross. First of all, the Nick Gage entrance is one of the most insane things I've ever seen in my life. The Edge deal is up next year. Do you think he gets here at AEW if he's still healthy? I think that he's a WWE lifer, honestly. Don't forget that the only reason WWE cleared that to begin with was because AEW was going to, and they were trying to sign it. Mixed martial arts. And I think everything leads towards Sandhagen, but... I don't know. I think TJ could surprise some people. I'm choosing Sanhagen, um, especially with his last two performances. The Aljamain Sterling and Piotr Jan running that back, and the winner of this should definitely get the next title shot. I thought Connor looked fantastic with the kicks. When he got rocked with punches, he went for the guillotine. That was the stupidest move. Do you hear Dustin after the fight admitted, though, that there was, like, a second there where he was like, oh, God, he might have me. Do you think Peña has a chance against Superman Nunez? The card isn't very good, in my opinion. Even the under card I don't think is that great. Wayne, Gon, and Lewis could potentially be really boring also. That's possible. Definitely. Boxing. Jake Paul by knockout, probably pretty early. It's pretty telling when uh, Jake Paul was like, let's put up our purses against one another and Woodley wouldn't do it. I think Tyron Woodley's going to win this fight. He's going to throw combinations at Jake that Jake hasn't seen yet. First off, I'm going to say congratulations to Tyron Woodley for making $2 million. I would like to see Vitor and Jake because I think Vitor would beat Jake's ass. Last time I was so funny that this is the boxing people talk about most instead of the best boxers fighting. This is what boxing has become. The promoters have not allowed the best fighters to fight the best. They protect their own interests, they protect their fighters, and they never let the best fight the best. And there's multiple champions in the same weight class and they still won't fight each other to unify the belts. And this is what has allowed YouTubers to come in and take over the sport. And much, much more. I have them this weekend. I'm just going to let the board fall to me. Dalvin Cook, Zeke, CMC. Hopefully I can get one of those running backs. I did my draft tonight, as y'all can see with my fighting jersey on. You have, like, your really, really top-tier wide receivers, but then there's a pretty big drop-off. They didn't speak English. So, like, the UFC, like, wasn't giving them title fights as fast as people who did speak. That absolutely was happening for, for a time in the sport. The reason why I brought that up, though, is because of the Stephen A thing, because I think it's a moronic, a moronic viewpoint to take. Yeah, I mean, we just saw Andre Olovsky show up on AEW Dynamite. Like, I... Not only that, we've seen Junior Dos Santos, Andre Olovsky. We've seen Cejudo on Dynamite. We've seen Vitor Belfort on Dynamite. We've seen Jorge Masvidal yeah. and Amanda Nunez, like... It's just, like, the fact that Tony Khan actually... Actually, just did that. Fightful, fightful, Stephen Jensen. Yeah, that's stuff I got going on. Uh, fightful Select Weekender podcast. Support Fightful and Fightful Select. Doug from RVD Tito for life. Yeah. Are we having fun yet? Because this thing has just got taken to a completely different level. Straight, straight from YouTube.com. Live rounds. The marksmen have arrived. Have arrived. You're watching Live Rounds with Doug and Steven and being introduced to you by the real IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Will. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Live Rounds, episode 21. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, how are things going, Steven? 
Going well, man. Uh, pretty chill day today. Did a show with Jesse this afternoon. Uh, big weekend, though. Did a lot of stuff this weekend. We had uh, the Fury Wilder watch along, which you were there for with me over on Fightful, me, you and Sean Ross. Which was back. probably the best watch along that we've ever done just because of how good the fight was. Yeah, I agree. And it was also like one, it was one fight, but it was like an hour long show. Like it kind of it all just kind of worked out perfect. And then, of course, there was GCW over the weekend. Uh, I did the review for Fightful for that uh, with my buddy SP3. If you want to check out the Mox versus Gage review we did. Um, so that was cool. Been uh, so really, really busy. I mean, Saturday alone, like I have my calendar here. Saturday alone was JCW in the afternoon, GCW, Impact's uh, knockout show. You had UFC and boxing all, all in one day. I mean, that's like... And beer and uncle fighting too, if anyone watched that. So, um, so yeah, really good. And then, uh, you know, tomorrow's Wednesday. So I'm hitting my, uh, my regular DMVs trip, getting, getting excited. Hope, hopefully going to find me a Kevin Nash to target tomorrow because I struck out today at two different targets. But yeah, how about, how, how are you doing, man? I'm good. Um, I'm going to be kind of depressed tomorrow with no dynamite. That's going to be, that's going to hurt. Uh, yeah, your local Dave and Busters, man. Uh, yeah, I think I'm good there. Uh, but, um, I actually ended up biting the bullet too. I ended up buying the ultimate Casey Jones on Amazon. It was like, it was like 60 bucks, but I had a credit of 20. So I only basically paid 40 because I, I went to like four different Walmarts and I even used brick seek and I still couldn't find it. And I was just like, screw this. I'm over it. I'm NECA, it. NECA, right? Yeah. Yeah. The ultimate, it's got the, the mask and unmasked version. So. Right. That's right. That was the whole really thing. For the, uh, the original Casey Jones, right. It was like, he couldn't, they couldn't do the unmasked cause like they didn't have the likeness of the actual actor. So now they've like, they have it so they could do this. Yep. And, and of course it had to be a Walmart exclusive, which is a nightmare. So, um, you know, you, you just never know how things like that are going to go. But I'll buy, uh, I'll buy that if I find it. By the way, I'll get I'll get myself one of those if I see them. I only see those like weird like frog turtle things at yeah. You know, I don't even know who the who characters those are. So they have a they have. I saw. I see. What really hurt me was I got to the store and they had the ultimate shredders and they had the spot for Casey Jones and even had the thing and they were all gone. And I know they had at least six of them. So I mean, people just took them. Like it's it's becoming a big scalper thing. And what sucks too now, it, what I'm getting worried about is the distribution on things and the shortages on things. And so like, I feel like if you don't find a figure, you might not get one till way down the line. And then who knows if they're even going to want to still put that out because they're going to be so backlogged on all the other stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm just trying to, if the stuff that I really want, I'm willing to pay a little bit more for to get. Yeah, understandable. I was telling you the other week I heard Kyle Peterson talking about that, the uh, the Larry Bird of act- of wrestling figure collecting. Really, of right. coll- I mean, he, he has to have the most like, impressive just overall collection like out there like, uh, with all listen, the different stuff he collects. I, I like Kyle. Kyle's a good dude. But there's just something about that he can literally buy everything, and that makes it just not as impressive to me because it's like he, he just buys everything. So Multiples. But no, he's a cool sense. dude. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. Loose yeah. and in box. He has an WWE loose and box, and we're like on series 90 at this point. And that's yeah. not even all the legends, all the other stuff, the ringside exclusives, everything. Kyle has it all. He's and then that's all. not including all the Star Wars, 
all the Marvel Legends, all the classics. Like, it's just, it's what my wife killed me. <laughs> it's killed me. It's like, awesome. she thinks this is ridiculous. Like, we started with two shelves behind me, and now it's five shelves, one above the door, two detoffs here, another one there. I want two more detoffs there, and she's just like, you're out of control, so. Hell yeah. Well, shout out Kyle Peterson. He, uh, he hit 10,000 subscribers on his channel today. Yeah, he did. So, uh, he'll be releasing that Ultimate Warrior video. I think it comes out tomorrow, or I think in two days from now. Um, but his favorite wrestler of all time is Ultimate Warrior. That's like his guy he collects the most for. Like he, yeah. even, even amongst his like crazy obsession with collecting, he still has his favorites that he told me when I interviewed him that he does at least four of every Ultimate Warrior that comes out. So, yeah, yeah, um, I, so it'd be cool I mean, to see that video. Like, who's not he, enough? Right. Well, because he's got like an office space for, and he's got his like a regular space and like one in the box, blah, blah. blah. But he, uh, <laughs> it, it'll be interesting to watch that video though, because you know he's going to work really, really hard and take it really, really seriously on like his top five Ultimate Warrior figures. So yeah. I'm really excited to see who he picks or which, which versions he picks. Um, cause that's like, you know, that's really the ultimate top five. You can like that guy as a collector, that's his favorite wrestler. He has every single one of his figures, like times, however many of them he bought each. What are the best ones? I want to know. So, right. Um, yeah, I promise you some, definitely probably some Hasbro's and some classics will be involved in that too. Like yeah. he's a big fan of all that stuff. Bone crunchers and yeah. who knows what they'll pick. <clears throat> I wonder if the. I know it's different, but I wonder if the one that I've got will be on there because like it, it's the, the one where it's the day before he passed away, that speech. Cause yeah. that, I mean, it's, it's obviously a much different type of ultimate warrior figure, but the fact that they made a figure of that moment and it's super accurate with like the mask and like the, the suit and the, the like painted duster jacket thing he's got. Like, I mean, I, that's really the only. I got a couple little Ultimate Warrior figures here and there, like smaller, like Funko type stuff. But the only like real Ultimate Warrior figure I have is is that that version. Um, so, and now I'm getting down the rabbit hole. I sent you the picture yesterday. I've got the yeah. the Ultimate Hogan just came in the other day. I've got him next to the Ultimate Flair and the Ultimate, you know, Steve Austin. And I I have to ask you on your Hulk Hogan, yeah, yeah. Do, do, is on his glasses. Do you have like an extra like little bit of black under one of his glasses? Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? Like it looks like on mine, a little bit of like the paint went to like the bottom of the glasses, so it's like on like the little white part on the bottom. I mean, I'm not like really in depth staring at yeah. it, but I don't see it like yeah. that. I, yeah. I could be. It could be. Yeah, but it's something where like it bugs those little me things a, a that little bothers bit. you. I know, and I can't stop looking at it. But like the rest of the figure is incredible, and if it keeps bothering me, I'm just gonna take his glasses off. It's that easy. Yeah, like, I'll just, I'll just take the glasses off. Everything else is still perfect. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm on the hunt for Kevin Nash right now, and I'm on the hunt for the most recent Darby Allen because that's the only AEW I don't have up to this see, point. You see that? You see that Kyle got the um, chase on that as well. I have not, but I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah, he posted he posted it on Twitter that he found the chase for the um, unmatch. Good for him. I mean, he hits like ten stores a day, so like, I mean, nobody deserves yeah. it more with like how well he I travels, mean, right? Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. So not only can he buy anything he wants, but he literally has like an unlimited supply of anywhere he wants to go and get it. It's just it's uh, 
it's a cheat code, but like I respect I respect the man's dedication. I'll give him that. Especially the fact that that guy works like a full time serious job and then busts out like three videos, uh, probably five videos a week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it's a, it's respect the hustle. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, check, check his uh, free plug. If, if the guy we're talking about his name's Kyle Peterson, just hit ten thousand subs on YouTube. Um, yeah, I mean, in my opinion, the most, for me, it's the most impressive collection I've ever seen, but I'm also, you know, I like the guy too. So should check, if check you, if you're into figures, I recommend Kyle Peterson. I recommend my damn toys and I recommend Alex West collects. Those are the three that I probably, if I see a review on, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to check these out. There you so, go. There you go. Um, so let's, let's talk wrestling. Let's talk, um, I'm not sure where we got, where we're going to start, but, uh, overall, um, it's hard to right? Because when we talk on Tuesday, so much happens by the time we get to next Tuesday, I forget like that was just last Tuesday. So hangman coming back to the ladder match was just last Tuesday, correct? Last Wednesday. Yeah. Well, last Wednesday. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm mixed up, but yeah, last Wednesday. So, with that happening, do you think for sure now he is facing Kenny Omega at full gear? No, not necessarily. Because they're also doing this number one contender tournament. And right. I don't know when the winner of that's supposed to get a title shot. Well, so here's the thing, though, is if you remember the last time they did that, it was Kenny and a hangman in the finals on oh. full gear. And it opened full gear. So to me, this person is going to face the winner of Hangman and um, Omega if they do that. Yeah, if they do it the same way, I see what you're saying. I mean, they don't necessarily have to, but they could. Like, I, yeah, it's <clears throat> it's one of those things that, like, in a kind of in my own perfect world of how this would work out. If if they wanted to do the tournament and the winner of the tournament wrestled for the title at full gear, I would just have either Danielson or CM Punk win the tournament. Like that would be because I would do either Punk versus Omega or Danielson versus Omega at the pay-per-view. Um and that for for Punk to get in that conversation, the reason I feel like that could make sense is because he's wrestled basically like younger talent up to this point. And yeah. he's even saying in interviews like he wants to like earn his way up to a title shot. But in right. a tournament, he would have to knock off contenders in a tournament and earn that title shot. But regardless, yeah. if it was Danielson or Punk, I would want Omega to retain against them. And I would want Hangman to win the title at Revolution. So yeah. that's how I – but <laughs> they might do Hangman and, and Omega at uh, full gear. I, I don't know. It, it could be, That could very well happen. Yeah, so I listened to the Tony Khan Barstool's interview, and he yeah, pretty Bobby. much – he pretty much indicated that it's going to be Omega and Kenny at full gear. And, uh, Army, yeah, I'm sorry. And that the tournament, it's like full circle because the finals last year was them. And now it's like full circle. They're going to be facing each other for the title and then whoever's going to be in the finals. So, I mean, I think that's where they're going. Um, I don't know. To me, there's just certain things like, In the title, I put, what is AEW missing? And the reason I say that is, is 
I think AEW as a standalone wrestling company is unbelievable. I think that they deliver great matches. I think that they have a bunch of dream matches that we always want to see. But I do think we need some type of emotional investment into some type of storylines. And I'm not saying they've never done that because they have. I feel like most of Jericho's story, most of Jericho's feuds have had compelling stories with them. And I just want to see more of that. I feel like Omega and Kenny is one of the biggest stories AEW has ever told. Probably, God, did it again? Omega yeah, and Hangman. Yeah, I, Sorry, yeah. Omega and Hangman is probably one of the biggest stories they've ever told. And I think that they really need to focus in on the storytelling aspect to get to full gear. I don't want it to just be kind of brushed over. You know what I mean? I highly doubt it would be brushed over. Yeah. But I mean, like, how deep are we going? Because, like, in the roads to the top, um, or Hangman's uh, interview, he basically was saying, like, he needs to talk to some people and tell people what he's thought and, like, stuff like that. And, like, that's what I want. We need in-ring segments. We need Hangman to really, like shoot on Kenny and the Bucks and all that and bring that thing home. And then we need a completely different transition, I think, once Kenny loses the title. And then that's where Adam Cole possibly comes in. That's where Kevin Steen possibly comes in. Like, I I think it was kind of a big miss to bring Adam Cole in and not even, like, question that the fact that they, like, turned on him. Now, I'm not saying that they had, like, I still think that could be in his back pocket where, like, you guys thought that I trusted you and I know that you tried to kill me and, like, stuff like that. But I think that's the type of stuff that gets people to tune in week in, week out. And right now we're just getting match after match after match, which is fine. It's fun. I love it. But I also want this company to grow. And I feel like the best way to do that – because, look, at the end of the day, like, when we were in WCW, like, it's the NWO, that story, Vince McMahon, it was, you know, DX and, and stuff like that. And I I just don't want them to just strictly focus on wrestling. Yeah, I have none of these concerns. I, I, I They're going to – you really think they're going to go – they've had they've been running this Omega and Hangman story for, like, years – I'm not really worried about Omega Hangman. I'm worried about what's after. That's my concern. Where, where are what, we is, going? what is what has AEW done at all up to this point to have you concerned about that? Like you don't think that they have a plan for after Hangman wins the title? I, I think they have a plan, but I think they've lost focus in just mainly trying to bring in great wrestling matches. I think that that's been their focus, and I think that they need to. And the problem is, is because it's the roster so loaded. That's my opinion. Like, I think the roster's so loaded that it's just like, okay, we do this match and we do this match and then we can do this match and this match. But it's like, we got to focus on some stories here. We got to get people actually invested. Yeah, I'm ultra invested. I mean, I. So are you. I, I, I'm invested, but it's, Why are you it's, concerned about if, like, some WWE fan doesn't want to watch? Because I do want them to grow. Because at the end of the day, like, Turner Network and all this stuff looks at these ratings. They do matter. And like you're they're seeing Rampage. It. Rampage is Rampage. Rampage is like, people, are, people are like concerned that they're getting 500,000 views. Why, why is that even a concern for anybody right now? That's I think not, it's a concern. Concerning. 
I think it's a concern. I think it's a concern because CM Punk debuts at 1.1 million, and you've cut the audience completely in half, even when he's wrestling. Like, and then I this Friday, they've got Suzuki and, and Ryan Danielson on free YouTube, leading into their head-to-head with SmackDown, where Tony Khan's talking trash all week about how WWE sucks and. But like, what happens? What happens? But but that's the thing is they've been bringing it. And right. it's not generating enough of an audience. I completely so, disagree. I, it is generating a big enough audience. But at 500,000 when we were at 700,000, like literally all the ratings have done is drop every single week. But I, Dynamite's looking great. Dynamite is looking great. About, Friday is going to be tough no matter what company you are. I, I agree. So, but what I'm saying is, is what you get people to continue in is somewhat of a story. Like, we're all curious to see where this Cody thing is going. Yeah. We're all curious. And then, like, in in my opinion, too, I feel like when Punk debuts and faces Darby, he shouldn't be feuding down after Darby. He should be feuding up after Darby. And so I enjoy – I thought the Daniel Garcia-Punk match was great. I thought it was his best match that he's had since coming back to the company. Same. But Matt Seidel, like, I I get that, like – people appreciate as like a hardcore fan, but like eventually we need to see punk start like, cause in he's my even opinion, saying he's going to like, he's even doing promos. Like just wait y'all like it's coming. No, I, I get it. But I, I think it's a mistake if you're just going to keep going through the younger roster and then finally he goes up to the top. Like I, I just think go to the top right now. There's no, he has no more buzz than what he's ever going to have in my, well, I mean, he probably could, Gaining to certain storylines, but that's a storyline. That's what it's going to be based off of. But this is all stuff I was saying before CM Punk even came in. Like he's not like the buzz is going to wear off, and he's going to have to basically work from the bottom to the top again because he's in the but same you, position as like Brian Danielson. Danielson never left, and he's always been on top, and he can just come right over and he just keep doing what he was already doing all these years. CM Punk's in a totally you, different spot. But do you think that Punk is a rampage wrestler? Uh, if they want to put him on ramp, do you think Brian Danielson's a YouTube wrestler? No. So, and, uh, and, but are, and, but are and, you upset that they're going to put that on YouTube for free? Like, no. And I and, and I think there's a method to the madness. You don't have commercial breaks. You don't. It matches can be longer. So, like, I'm not complaining. I get that. I'm just talking about, especially Tony Khan wants to really like run his mouth about the WWE, which I'm all for. But bro, but bro, like Rampage ain't really the the show to really like clash with SmackDown on. Like the the thing is not getting the buzz. Rampage, in my opinion, to a lot of AEW fans, is a missable show. It is okay. not a show that they have to see. That is the problem. And you hear Tony talk about how big these matches are and all. They're not. Like, yeah, they're cool. And if you're an AEW fan, you're probably gonna watch it. Eventually, I don't know if you'll watch it live, but like I, I just don't. And now that it's taped for the most part, this one's not, so that'll work. That's a big that that hurts. That's a big tape for sure. Totally, like SmackDown totally. always hurt by being taped. Now they're live and they're actually doing better. Right, which I, I and I totally agree with that. So I mean, there's that part too. But okay, in your opinion, mm-hmm. out of the roster. And we're not talking Hangman and Omega. What is the biggest match that AEW can do? 
uh, like what? What do you mean by that? Like the biggest match that like is going to be that aren't that aren't AEW fans to watch AEW, possibly, or even just AEW fans, just in general, pro wrestling. The the biggest thing that people would be like, where you think that that could be a headliner for like a stadium show? See, and you said I can't. Like who who did you exclude from that? I said it can't be Omega and Hangman because that's about to be a full gear, but. Uh, you could do Hangman and Punk. That's still huge. I agree. You could do Danielson and you could do Danielson and Punk. You could do Danielson and Omega again. You could do, depending on the right build, <clears throat> this is also part of it too. Depending on the right build, I think MJF can sell a lot of tickets against the right opponent. We yeah, have, we just hasn't had like the real chance yet to do that. What, what, what if Punk went straight from Darby to MJF? I'd be fine with that, but uh, but that's but that's a feud that's for sure going to happen. Like it's not like that no, we're never going to see that. I, I'm not saying we're not, I, but but I just don't want Punk to I mean, lose oh, his value. That's my biggest concern. Yeah, no, I well, he's. That, and I know I, he already I, did yeah, with the UFC. I get well, that. No, but I'm not. I'm not even saying that. I'm just, like, but. So, uh, once again, and you can uh, people can go back and listen to this show and other shows I've done up until Punk's debut. Like, I I expected this to happen. Like, I expected him to come in with a huge with huge buzz because he's been gone for seven years. But then I was saying the the one con- I don't know if you call it a concern that I had about CM Punk returning is then it's him, and now you're competing against this whole roster who's actually better than him now. In like in the ring, mm-hmm. so all he really has in comparison to them is his kind of like level of fame that they have just haven't achieved. Like right. people, more people know who CM Punk is, but that's why I like what he's doing because he's rebuilt. Like if he's out there, he's beating Darby and Hobbs and Garcia, and like you put him in there with like Moriarty, Jungle Boy, and MJF, like these younger guys, and he's having good matches against all the new guys. No one can really complain like that he can't go anymore. I thought that Daniel Garcia match was really damn good. So it's yeah, like I thought it was really good. And you just keep racking up wins and buy time. And by the time that he's back up to being like a, a title challenger or whatever, he'll either have a really good story as a babyface or he'll have turned heel by then. And that's what I think we all want at the end of the day, anyways, is like him to turn. So yeah. and once again, he's alluded to it multiple times, just telling us to basically I honestly think CM Punk's just killing time right now. They're just having him wrestle guys that he wants to wrestle right now while they figure things out between Hangman, Omega, and Danielson. And then after that, I'm like, Punk's probably going to be involved in something really big after that, I'd imagine. But then what about Brian Danielson? I mean, you can, you can wrestle literally anybody. Not I mean, he can wrestle, but I'm talking about feud, storyline, like... I mean, but that's like just literally just take take a whole bag full of names and throw it out there and it'd all be good. But I mean, should it be in the top tier or should it just be Sammy Guevara? Well, Sammy Guevara is pretty top tier right now too. You know, I mean, I mean he his is, title matters. You know, I agree. But I mean, Brian Danielson is about that's my problem. Is I feel like that there should be somewhat of a hierarchy in this thing, mm-hmm. like the based on star value. These are the reason why people are tuning in to watch the show a lot. Like, especially your newer fans, like they didn't tune in to watch Brian Danielson versus Bobby Fish. Like, it's fine, 
and it'll be a good match. But like this guy was feuding with Roman Reigns for the title. And then he's now just like, and he faced Omega and I, and I'm fine with that. But it, and here's the thing, like with Bobby Fish, right? Like Bobby Fish just lost to Sammy Guevara. What, what benefit does Bobby Fish, Brian Danielson serve? It's just Brian Danielson getting raps and wins. Right. And, and it's, it's not, and like, it's not, like I said, I'll watch the match. I'll enjoy the match. I'll be happy with it. But like, I want some advancement from the big stars and I want to have some type of in-depth storytelling, like storyline wise, like, like I thought the MJF and Darby Allen thing was nice. Like it added something extra to it. You know, you attacked him, your mask, it's the throwback to the Samoa Joe stuff. Like, it's just, it's funny, but like it adds something to it. I just, I don't necessarily just want a promo and be done, and then we're on to the next, you know. Yeah, I get it. I mean, I'm, and I mean, it's not like they couldn't use more, like stories. But I also, I mean, when like you really think about it, think about like how much they. And now, this isn't a complaint, by the way. Some some people complain about it, but I don't. Like when you watch Ramp, when you watch like Dynamite, they fit so much into that two hour show. Like even yeah. if it's just getting someone onto the screen for twenty seconds, like just so you yep. so they advance something along the way. There's a lot of stories going on in AEW. Um, I, I just don't. I mean, I, I we're, we're we're it's ironic we're talking about this literally on the brink of the biggest story they've been telling since the beginning of the company. Like as if like this is. And, and I feel huge. like I feel like after we see that, it I'll feel way better about it. But it's just. He's been gone a long time. He just got his title shot. Let's see how he confronts Kenny. Let's see how Kenny takes it. You know what I mean? But, like, I don't necessarily see the benefit. Because for me personally, what I would like to see is that now reverse. Kenny drops the ball. He loses the title. Adam Cole puts out the hit on Kenny to eliminate him out of the group. Just like it was last time, but reverse. I think that that would work. And then... I feel like Kenny is like back to being feeling like betrayed, but now he's like an ultimate baby face going to get revenge on the elite, which could possibly bring in someone like a Koto Ibushi or, or whatever. I think right. that, that would be fantastic. Yeah. I, I've said um, like exactly this for weeks. Right. But that's, that's what I want to see. I don't know if we will see that, but that's what I would like to see. Yeah. Um, and then with, and I also think there's really something there with Cody. I really do. I think Cody and a possible other members could possibly feud with the elite also because it's very obvious. Like, and I'm not saying that they really have beef, but it's very obvious they want them to be separate. So go with it. You know what I mean? And if there is actually a little bit of heat there, all those those feuds always work. They always work because it comes across as real. Yeah. Well, I think that's why, you know, like Cody did a whole interview the other day about how he's never going to turn heel ever again. Like to me, it's like, you know, maybe he never does like John Cena never did, but like, that's also kind of what you would like, if you're going to turn heel, you want people not to think you're turning heel, you know, like there's, I I think (laughs) like, I think that Cody, that's a whole other thing. You know, people call it the Cody verse and all that stuff. But like, I mean, I, I'm, I just, 
I don't know. I guess I just don't have any of these concerns. Like, I understand, like, what you're saying about this stuff. And I, I see a lot of, like, non-AEW fans complain about this stuff. But it's also, like, why do I, like, why do I care if they don't watch the show, you know? It's not that. I just, I think that the show is better. It's the best we've seen in, like, 20 years. Yeah. But I also think that you can get caught up in just making it a wrestling show, a PWG on mainstream, something like that. And I don't think that's what this should be either. So I just want them to mix in both. Mix in storylines with great wrestling. Because let's be honest, we haven't really had that a lot in the last 20 years. Like it's either been really good storylines, but the wrestling hasn't been that great. And like, Imagine getting like New Japan level great matches, but also having amazing storylines with it, you know? Yeah. I guess it also depends on what you like your expectation of like a great storyline is. Cause I, I don't necessarily want to go back to like watching. I know, I would know like the, the content would definitely be like of a different tone, but like when I go back and rewatch like Attitude Era stuff, a lot of that actually sucked. You know, like, yeah, no. Well, some of it was just based off of emotion, right? And like right. they, it, 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 a lot of it too, like with the NWO, right? Like it literally was really good for like max two years, right? And then, but it still dragged on. And I could kind of say the same thing with Austin and McMahon. Like right. it was really good for a while, and then it just like dragged on. You know, once it got to like corporate ministry and all that other stuff, like it was done. Um, so, so that's my thing. I'm not saying that I want something, but like, I enjoyed Pinnacle and, and, um, Inner Circle and leading to Blood and Guts and then that turning into MJF and Jericho alone and like stuff like that. I enjoyed Jericho and Moxley. I thought Jericho and Moxley was fantastic buildup, you know? Kenny and, and Hangman versus the Young Bucks for Revolution was fantastic. Those were really good storylines. Like, that's the type of stuff that I want to see. Well, what, I guess a good question would be, what big matches or something like that, like, do you think the story either hasn't been good enough or, like, because everything you're describing, like, these are all great stories that had great payoffs. Yeah. But, like, like, they've been doing that with all their major titles. They've been doing that. What are we seeing that recently? Like, to me... I thought Christian and Kenny was just, it was just a filler. Like it, it wasn't like, yeah, then they added the impact title and stuff, but there was what was really good in that when they started it was how Don Callis actually screwed Christian over because he knew that he was actually better than Kenny Omega back then and he didn't want to put him over and then he never booked him again. They should have ran with that and they just like left it alone. It was just like a little segment and that was it. Like it, they, I just want something like more in depth like that. I think that those would be really good. I gotcha. Yeah. I see what you're saying. And like, I thought like Cody and Jericho was fantastic. And you remember like Jericho, he always wanted to thank you because he put AEW on the map and like everybody was getting annoyed with it. And like, like I just, like I said, it's not that they've dropped a ball or anything like that. I just think when they have four pay-per-views, when it gets closer to pay-per-view, they really start to focus on the story. But the, before, but like during that other time, it's like we're just going to have great matches, and, and that's fine. But I, I do believe in long-term storytelling. And I think another thing, too, is it affected things that Hangman has literally been gone. You know what I mean? And there is, dude, there's so much long-term storytelling going on in the company like 
just the MJF alone, his trajectory from like the diamond ring and this group that he's got and the Jericho thing and all this, it's all going to like, you, like they'll come back around to him versus hangman. And they were the ones who fought for that ring. You know what I mean? And that will be right. a part of it. Like, like they're, <clears throat> they're not going to forget this stuff. Like that's part of it too. Like, that's why I don't really think about it too much. Cause I'm like, I just have faith that they, that they've got it figured out. And like, they have no, the, see, like the thing is what the kind of the concern or, or I'm not saying complaint that you, that you have about this stuff is it's, it's, it's like almost weird when you say it out loud, like you're, you're almost complaining that they're just like going out there having great matches and then having great stories towards the end of the feud and then great blow off matches. Like it sounds, you know what I mean? Like how silly that kind of sounds like you can turn like, cause my thing is in me, when we have different opinions, but like, I don't, if, if, if there aren't people watching AEW specifically because they don't think there's enough drama going on in the show, I don't care if they're watching the show at all. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like those, are, cause I also don't want a lot of these fans coming over and wanting it to be more like the WWE. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, I don't, I don't, but like, don't you think that like one of Punk's best features is talking on the mic yes. and most of the stuff that we've gotten from Punk lately is just like, I'm happy to be here. You're awesome. I'm going to jump in the crowd. This is the best. Like I'm ready for Punk to talk trash. Like we got a little bit with the Daniel Garcia stuff, but like I, I would love to see more sinister Punk. I would love to see, um, every time Malachi Black has talked, it's been very captivating. I would love to see more of that. Um, you know, and, and that's the type of stuff I'm talking about. So I, I'm not, don't get me wrong. I'm not like, I, like I said, I just don't want this company to be mainly a wrestling company and that's it. Like, I think it still needs to have some aspects of drama, of buildup. Like, if you don't have enough footage for a three-minute video package, you probably miss something. That That's how I feel. Like, I feel like there should be at least something there to, to build. There needs to be a reason why these guys fight. There needs to be stakes. It needs to make somewhat sense. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I think they check all those boxes. So, I just And I will to- say this, too. I think... Without the Bullet Club is fine storyline, this is not – we might not even have AEW. People were emotionally invested into BTE. People were checking in every week to see what was going to happen next. Like, that's the type of thing that I think AEW is lacking. You're always going to be looking forward to the matches, but there needs to be something there to be like, oh, what could happen here? Or, oh, what's going to happen here? What's next? That That's what I'm saying that I would like to see more of. But you're talking strictly from a storyline perspective because they're doing plenty of like plenty of that with bringing new talent in consistently. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And I mean, and that part's really cool. But I also would like to see that new talent be immediately involved in like a heavy storyline, like not necessarily like because like Daniel Garcia shouldn't or Liam Moriarty shouldn't like necessarily. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying like. When Kevin Steen comes in, I don't want him to just go to Mount Rushmore. I think Kevin Steen should be more of the outlaw over the the guardrail type of guy because that's what he was in Ring of Honor. Like he didn't fit a company. Like he, it was hard to hold that guy down in a company. He did what he wanted to do. Yeah, that, in real life, that's the type of stuff to say. Because him and Cornette didn't get along too, so that was like that was also a real like 
coming onto the screen too for seeing a lot of that. Like, cause like even yeah, the poker sure. didn't have his back. But I disagree though with that as well to a degree. Cause like I would put him right in there with Mount Rushmore. That's the first thing I'd do. But that's just me personally. Cause everyone already knows they're, I mean, I shouldn't say everybody, but the fans that, you know, the heart, the, the main fan base of AEW knows. And that's all I'm really concerned about because, like, I, don't I just know. think that he should be a little bit more unhinged because Kevin Steen was unhinged. Yeah. So it's like, cool, you can be in the Mount Rushmore, but they're also a little bit leery of him as well. Like, yeah, he can snap cool. at any time, like yeah. something like that. And then where that heads to, you know what I mean? Like, we know back in the day, CM Punk had an issue with Kevin wearing a t shirt when he wrestled and he thought he didn't take it seriously. Bring that out. Bring that out. Be like, hey, punk, you ran away from me when I came to the du- – like, you you didn't want any part of me back then. You knew I was coming and you left. Now you have to face me, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. that's the type of stuff that I want to see. Yeah, and same here. Like, if I if I could have it my way and I was, like, in charge of this stuff, like, I mean, the best the best version of Kevin Steen, Kevin Owens, whatever that I've ever seen was his feud with Generico when he was – putting his mask on the, on the chair like he'd beheaded him and stuff. I mean, like... That but but was... that's what I'm saying, Steven. If if we had that in AEW, I think ratings go up. I think that that pay-per-view buys go up. I think, I think we're past the point of just keep building this roster, and now it's time to really deliver some amazing storylines. I see what you're saying. I, I don't... I don't... I don't necessarily disagree either with like that idea. I'm just saying you also got to like figure like all these other things that you've said and just kind of be like, like I, what here's, I, here's the, I do agree. I think that they, like, if you get a guy like Kevin Steen, you can like really tap into that and create like really cool stories out of that. Like I definitely want to see that. Um, But my thing is more so like, I'm very, very patient when it comes to letting this stuff play out with AEW. Like, cause I, I think a lot of these things that you're, you, yeah, you talked about are going to happen, you know? So, but it's, I do get what you're saying. Like, cause they are in a mode right now where it's like, they're, they're bringing in a lot of talent and they're getting a lot of buzz that way. And then when these people, these newer eyes come in to watch the company, they might come in and go, well, that was a cool match. But like, I don't like, what's the story? Like I'm here for the story. And now, so, but once again, I don't really necessarily care if that's happening or not, but like, if you want to continue to, grow the company which is also you know they want to grow the company i get that right it's a but it's a seesaw because you don't want to sell out you don't want to you don't want to you don't want to kill off your your actual fan base you know right. like, that's been there from the start that's that's liked all this up to this point but there are there are storylines that i think that they can do and that they will do and then we also have to keep in mind how much uh the pandemic put everything back like, as far as, like, I'm sure that there's plenty of stories they wanted to do over the last year that they were, like, once we got fans back and things keep, you know, get rolling I don't again. think, I think Kenny and, and Hangman was going to happen shortly after Revolution. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, like, like, and then I think Hangman was going to win the title. Like, I think that, like, he was as over as, as anyone, and it was, like, they, there was that tension. There was no way they were just going to leave that for a year and a half. You know, right. So, yeah, like, yeah, once the pandemic hit, they literally put the brakes on Kenny and Hangman for a, a while. So, and then you know, his wife gave birth, and it's like the timing. Yeah, just, just the timing just wound up being just super coincidental that like he was probably going to win the title that night, and like you know, there was something. 
the only thing more important to Hangman than winning that title that night was, you know, to be there, you know, for his wife, which is incredibly understandable, obviously. So yeah, like, no, it's um, for sure. But no, I don't know. It, it, it also yeah, helped. Yeah. It also helped that like CM Punk and Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson was coming into the company. So it's like, so it's like, yeah, you're fine. Do what you want. Yeah. And then also like, okay, so we have Lee Moriarty and Bobby Fitch. Sorry. But that's that's also happening in MLW also, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of a weird matchup. And not only that, like me and you love Lee Moriarty, but mm-hmm. like I don't think the AEW fan base barely knows who he is. That's and okay, so I, I agree to a certain extent. I just think some of these matches are need to be a little bit more explained or built up of why these people are facing each other instead of just like I've got a really great match here. You go because let's be honest, Bobby Fish. He's gonna lose the to Brian Danielson. He'll beat Lee Moriarty, and then we'll see what happens after that. And then also, like why? Like I do think that Adam Cole should at least bump into Bobby Fish backstage and just be like, "Oh, hey," like you know, and then have that awkward tension moment, right? Like I just think there's things like that that I'd like to see. Yeah, and that I totally think that will happen. He's been in, I mean, Bobby Fish has been in the company for a week. Two weeks. Well, right? No, he debuted on Wednesday, didn't he? Maybe. It's been a while. Like, yeah, like I said, I, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, they haven't had time to do that yet. No, I agree. But I but I also could see them just kind of just focusing on, you know, whatever else the elite's doing and, and all that stuff. Well, and they also so. might be waiting for, you know, you know, cool Kyle to come on over and, you know, cool all that stuff too. I'm sure Roddy Strong is probably like counting down the days. <laughs> like, you know, so we'll, I mean, we'll see. I, I just, once again, I just have a whole lot of patience when it comes to this stuff with AEW. Well, and, and I, I know, like, I know that we both love the company, right? I oh, know yeah. that you are much more willing to accept it just because, like, you're, you love just straight wrestling as well. So like yeah. as long as you're getting just dream matches and wrestling, then you're you're on cloud nine. Like if I had to choose between the if I had to choose between the two, like the drama and the stories versus just great in reaction, like I would take the great in reaction every time. Yeah, that's like right. me personally, yeah. But see, I don't think you have to choose. I think you can have both. But I they, think they're uh, doing both. That's the thing. I right. think they're doing both. Uh, I think they I think they, I think they have. Than, yeah, I think they have. I just and, and they're going to continue, especially with Omega and and Hangman. I just want them to kind of bring back focus, back to storylines. Also, I mean, what are you going to do when, like, I mean, like a week for or a few months from now or whatever, when like the 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 platform or like what we're seeing on the screen is going to be like Omega and Abushi versus like the Young Bucks, like on AEW or like you know the Mount Rushmore and all that stuff. Like that's going to be the stories. Those guys are going to be telling you to be incredible. Like, no, which, which I mean, amazing matches, right? But I hope that they would at least refer to their match from New Japan and possibly talk about that and like what happened and the emotions they had going into it. You know, like yeah. I hope that there's stuff like that as well. That's that's all I'm saying. Because, like I said, I really think, like I remember, like when I would go when I went to meet Kenny and Obushi and all that stuff, and like universally everybody was so invested into that storyline that watching BTE is what got them back into wrestling. Like, so it's like, I feel like AEW needs that Sting and Generico moment. They need that. The bullet club fine. The bullet club is fine type gimmick. 
CM Punk could absolutely deliver a banger storyline, 100%, you know? And so that's, that's my only, like, concern, I guess. But I'm not like, oh, my God, AEW's done. I don't think that at all. Like, I love it every week. I look forward to it every week. I, I mean, there's, like, probably five or six matches that I really enjoy every week. Like, I, I'm not complaining. I just – I want them to be the best they can be. Yeah. I get it. I'm just, once again, I'm just really, really patient with it because these things, I do think these things are all playing out and they are going to pay off. And I just don't really, I think, I think uh, like a month from now, we could very well be talking about a heel CM Punk feuding with an alcoholic uh, hangman page for, you know what I mean? Like, and that's, I want it. How would you want that to start? It really depends. I mean, me personally, I want, I want Hangman to offer CM Punk a beer. And CM Punk is still a babyface at this point. And he goes up and he offers CM Punk a beer. And CM Punk looks at him like, you've got to be freaking kidding me, man. And then, right. But like, that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, imagine if like actual wrestler like that, like if Hangman did that to him. And then it's like, Every time, like, Punk kind of hints that that still pisses him off. And then, like, out of nowhere, he just attacks him and destroys him for it. And then pours beer all over him and, you know, whatever. And then it's like, you know, and then he can go on, you people, you disgusting society, you cheer for this crap. We already had one stone cold. We're not going to have another. Like, just go for it. Yeah. I Like, I I don't know necessarily exactly how they get into the story, but that would be the gist of what you know i would want out of it as well like uh, uh the straight edge i'm better than you cm punk that thinks that all the fans are you know pathetic for cheering this this drunk you know yeah, yeah. um so yeah they can get but they can get into that a, a whole bunch of different ways they can even do that as soon as like if punk were to win the number one contender tournament for instance and hangman beats omega for the title so they're already kind of like matched like, you know that they're going to wrestle each other, but they're both baby faces. But somewhere along the line, CM Punk picks up, like, the bottle of Jack that the same thing, like, happened to him with Jericho. Because they could even yeah. call back that if they wanted to at some point. I mean, he could take a bottle and just smash it over Hangman's head and be like, there, there's all the alcohol you ever wanted to drink right there, bro. Like, you know, like, yeah. just pour it into his mouth while he's passed up on, out on the ground and tell the fans they're all losers just like this guy is or whatever. Like, you can yeah. – but once again, like, you know <laughs> – it's. I, I feel like if we're talking about it, Tony Khan has thought of it as well. You know what I mean? Definitely. De- well, not only that, I feel like Punk has definitely a say so in what he wants to do as well, and I feel Clearly. like Punk would be behind that as well. So the reason he's wrestling Darby, Powerhouse Hobbs, Dana Garcia, that's probably completely on CM Punk. Like that's. Yeah. You know, they're probably literally saying like, "Hey, we have to wait for some of these things to play out." And they probably were like, we weren't expect, you know, to, to some degree, they probably didn't expect CM Punk to ever actually sign with them. So they're like planning right. all this stuff, assuming he's not ever going to actually come. But then right. like he does. So it's like, oh, he's coming. We're going to build this whole return up big time, get these massive pops. And then we're going to basically give it to him and go, hey, who do you want to wrestle for like a couple months? Just give us a list of all the young guys that you were talking about wanting to wrestle We'll knock those matches out while we're buying time. And then when the time is right, boom, like 
put put you right back in that mix with you know the stories and the whole because that's the thing too when when he was gone he was also like writing comic books and stuff like i'm sure he's written out a ton of storylines for himself that he wants to do and i'm sure Tony i bet Carter's now it's more it. i bet now it's more than ever like now that he's actually been backstage yeah. now that he actually has met the wrestlers like the i'm sure he has so many ideas and that's the thing too is like I'm looking forward to that, like, ROH CM Punk without the handcuffs that can just say whatever he wants to say. I'm over the love fest. I get it, and it's going to be around for a bit. But, like, that's – I think that that can give Punk value, can maintain his value, and get people more interested in AEW, something like that. Yeah, I totally totally agree. I totally agree. I I think that right now CM – Phil Brooks is playing CM Punk week after week right now. He's coming out yeah. and he's doing the, like, I'm so happy to be back thing. Um, I'll say this, and I know we got to get some super chats, but this last thing For I'll sure. say real quick is the one thing I didn't like about Punk vs. Garcia, and you already know what I'm going to say, is on commentary, they kept you know, they kept talking about how much his striking had improved since going to MMA like during that fight. And I was like, can you also just please pretend like he didn't like, ever fight for the UFC? Exactly. Like, exactly. Like, and I, I pray to God Dan Lambert doesn't say a word to him. Please I hope don't. to God he does. I think that would be the funniest thing oh, in wrestling history. God. Like, because Dan Lambert could take him. You know what I mean? Like, it's so anyway. Oh, but, oh. but, but, the, so... But the thing is, what I did like about the finish, though, of the match, is that he beat Garcia with the Anaconda Vice after a pile driver, and that solidified, like, he submitted the submission guy. So, like, I do yeah. like that, because, like, that instantly brings back a lot of credibility on the wrestling side for, like, his submission holds, because he he had been winning matches with the go-to-sleep up to this point since he came I back. also think that, like, Daniel Garcia is amazing, right? But I don't think that necessarily the AEW fans could see that just by facing Darby or just by like teaming with 2.0. I think like that match showed them like, wow, like yes. dude, this dude is like a pillar. This dude is the real deal. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. like if you go look at his indie schedule, you knew that like he could go with the best of them. But I don't think that necessarily mainstream wrestling fans knew that and they see that and they're like okay wow this kid's legit so yeah. i think punk helped him out a lot yeah i completely agree and the match was really really good um that same night i mean obviously rampage was pre-taped him and punk but right. that same night he wrestled minoru suzuki um you know on iwtv which was like also really really damn good to my knowledge i don't think garcia has a contract with AEW yet and that's probably part of why we're seeing him lose as often as he is just like right now but I think when he signs, they'll probably start giving him like a legitimate push with like a lot. So, from what stuff. I've heard, is like if they don't have an official graphic announcement, they have not actually signed with them. Yeah, so, that's kind of yeah. And we haven't seen the graphic announcement for Liam Moriarty or for um, Daniel Garcia. Moriarty for... signed. I talked to him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I don't know if, the, but I think he did say that he had to finish up his indie dates or something like that, and then he's all in on AEW. So we had to finish MLW, I, which is already done. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, after the Bobby Fish match, the graphic hits. Yeah, like in there, like Lee Moriarty is all elite or whatever. Yeah, I could definitely see that happening like that. Yeah, he he had the one thing left with Ring of Honor. He had a couple things left for MLW. That's all done now. Um, and as we know, for you know, so many of these indie ra- or and so many of these talents on AEW, 
most of them are still working indies too. So like, I'm sure we'll still see plenty of Lee Moriarty doing his thing really wherever he wants to, which is, which is, and just not on TV outside of AEW, unless it's forbidden door related, which is also obviously a possibility. There's just so many possibilities right now for these guys to just go anywhere. So like, yeah, it's um, amazing. It's yeah. awesome. And I only think it's going to get better. So, yeah, all right, we got some super agree. chats. Let's get to them. Let's get to them. John, $10. Thank you so much, John. I really appreciate it. Um, and by the way, guys, if you haven't, if you're enjoying this debate or whatever, if you're really liking the conversation, please hit that like button. Um, normally, me and Steven are really always agreeing and stuff, but I do think that there's things that we like in wrestling that are different, and I think it's definitely a healthy discussion to talk about it, and uh, uh, absolutely uh, enjoyed it. Well, I will say, like, we're not even disagreeing. My thing is, no. I just, I think that I think that we both see AEW as like a fully complete product. You just like to see a little bit more storylines. Whereas like, I'm just, I just don't care as much about that aspect of it, but right. I'm not, but I'm also not against the idea of like really compelling storylines either. So it's right. like, we're not even disagreeing about any of this stuff. It's no, just no. a matter of like, you kind of want it a little bit, like you want things to happen a little bit quicker. And I kind of just, cause, cause my thing is like, if I was to say the same stuff about the WWE, my, this conversation would be completely opposite. I'd be going, Right now, they need to do this, 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 and this to like get people yeah. to like, care and be watching again. Whereas with AEW, I'm like unironically saying like AEW, let's let it play out because like they have not shown us any reason why we should be concerned about anything right now. Like look at what they're doing right now. So, right. but once again, we're at the end of the day, we both just want the company to succeed, and there's really no, um, really no disagreement happening. So, but one hundred percent, yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, so what hurts Rampage is the time slot and it's taped. The shows are still good and we get good wrestling. I'm sure the bigger angles will come, and TK, I'm sure, has more uh, aces up his pocket, which I, I agree. I mean, the only thing with, like, TK is he, he literally says, like, everything is going to be an amazing match. And so, like, I don't necessarily know his metric of, like, what is going to be like the most incredible match and what is like just going to be a good match. Like to me, Bobby fish and Brian Danielson is a good match. I'm happy that Bobby fish gets to actually wrestle Brian Danielson when he was like in NXT that would never have happened in a million years. So I'm happy for him, but like, I don't think that this is like, uh, Oh my God amazing match but i i do think it's gonna be a good match yeah yeah for sure i i get where you're, where you're coming from with and that. he'll also be like cm punk and matt sidell and he's the most incredible you know and it's like hey, you know it's okay they haven't wrestled in 10 years i get it um if matt sidell could hit a shooting star press again that would maybe excite <laughs> me a little bit more but like it's you know it's it's definitely not the same so yeah yeah uh, i yeah. I, I he I think because Tony Khan is so similar to kind of how we are, I think that's why he talks the way that he does. Because he's like, it'd be the same when me and you are like, man, Ninja Mac and Jordan Oliver, that's going to be so, so damn good. And like, yeah. like it, it winds up being good. But like, we're super excited because like, we're fans of both guys. Like, we've been watching them. Like, we're, right. like, we're excited for it. Same with like Tony Khan. He's just a big fan. So he's like, big Bobby Fish fan, big Brian Danielson fan. So in his mind, he's, and he, that's when he's, He's, and he's keeping it real to like how he feels about it. Like, this is going to be awesome. Like y'all need to watch this. And, yeah. you know, and they, and the thing is these matches, these are the talent involved in all this stuff. All these matches do have the potential to be great. Like they, yeah. they really do. Like, even though Bobby fish is no, 
you know, is no like massive superstar. He's very, very well known, obviously, and he is very good in the ring. And we know Brian Danielson checks, you know, every box you can want out of a pro wrestler. So like this match could wind up being incredible if they give it time, you know? Yeah, I mean, for sure. So, but I think that's kind of how, how it is. Like a lot of the way that he talks, like I, I can relate to it. Cause it's, it's like when me and you talk about, you know, underground indie wrestlers and people are like, how are you talking about? Like how, how is, how is Manders versus Graham Bell going to be that good? And then I'm like, yeah, these guys rule. You know what I mean? It's like, they're just, yeah. cause I'm a fan, you know? Right. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and I, I agree. I just, I, it makes me wonder like what, what like is a like a huge match to him? Cause he'll yeah. say we have this really huge match and it's just like, yeah, it's a good match, but it's not, you know, you give me Will Ospreay, Kenny Omega. Now that's, that's a, that's a banger. Okay. Well, I think it's interesting too, like, and it kind of goes to, to like the points of a lot of our conversation from so far this show is I, I've seen people online today that are, and I'm trying not to laugh. And if this is you, I'm, I apologize, but like, you want to fight? No, 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 you. I'm just saying like people in the chat, if somebody's is like no, this, no. I'm about to, there's people online that are actually going on there and being like, well, I don't know anything about Minoru Suzuki. So oh, I don't, yeah, you know, I and it's saw like, that. It's like, I saw and then, that. I don't care. Like, you <laughs> can either you can either go on Google and educate yourself, but I've been watching this guy. But this guy here, here's my thing. Here's my thing, though, right? If I if if I am hearing everyone say how great this guy is, right. I'm gonna tune in and watch. Like, I don't need I don't need somebody to tell me if if I. That's the thing, like, to me, like, when it comes to, like, a Meltzer, right? If Meltzer says that that's a good match, okay, I'll take your word for it. I'm going to go watch it. If you see a bunch of the IWC just, like, buzzing, right, about Suzuki, then you're going to want to go check it out. You know what I mean? But, like, I don't think that AEW has to – this is the thing, too, that I think that people are really misunderstanding about AEW is that you got to think bigger than AEW. This is pro wrestling. Yes. Anybody yeah. from any independent, anybody from any promotion, any country could possibly show up. So, yeah. like, you know, a guy that I, I can't even pronounce his name, but that Viking guy from AAA, like, I am shocked Tony hasn't oh. gotten him yet. Yeah, yeah. Elio Del Vikingo. Vikingo or whatever. I saw him do the, he did like a springboard reverse 450 to the outside the other day. But like, and it's like he does flips like off the second rope. Like, yeah. The, the, not the top, but the second rope flipping off and stuff. But like, he does some crazy, insane stuff. He's getting some buzz. I know that like Tony would want him. You know what I mean? Like, so, but, but I'm just saying like, Daniel Garcia in the independence is literally facing like the best in the world. And then this kid is going into AEW and it's like, this is normal. This is what would happen. John Moxley is the GCW champion. He can show up there. He can have a death match and then he can be on dynamite next week. Like it's bigger. It's way bigger. Thunder Rosa was on GCW on Saturday. The Briscoes are on GCW. The Briscoes could possibly show up in AEW. Like, oh, yeah. this is the pro, this is pro wrestling. And that's what Vince is up against. Vince isn't just up against AEW. Vince is up against the, the thing that he hates the most, 
He doesn't even want to refer to his product as. Vince is up against pro wrestling. Yes, I completely agree with that. And here's the thing. For anyone complaining about, like, not knowing Suzuki, you're thinking he's like this. I mean, they call him murder grandpa, but that actually is pretty fitting. But, like, the, you know, he's older and they don't get it. And blah, they've never seen him before. And he's blah, blah. Listen, as a fan, that isn't on me to educate you about who Minoru Suzuki is. It's not even on AEW. Like, if you call yourself a pro wrestling fan, like a fan of professional wrestling, if you've never heard of Minoru Suzuki or, or seen him before, like, I'm not going to say that you're not a fan of wrestling because, you know, maybe you didn't, maybe you don't know about him. But, like, you got, like you just said, when everybody else, like, you know, like, are you the problem or is everyone else the problem? Like, right. everybody else is stoked on this. All these people that do know what's going on, but you don't get it. So, like, that's on you. Like, if you, could you imagine, that, like, if they had, easy. could you imagine if they had, like, a storyline where, like, Kenny's a broken man and he doesn't know where his future lies and he's, he's feels lost or whatever. And then, like, people are, like, I guess they're just wanting to almost, like, finish him, like, finish him off. And at the end of Dynamite, Okada comes out, right? Right. Like, if people have no idea who Okada is, that's not going to hit them. But the people that know who Okada is, that's going to be like, oh, my God. You know, and they know the the emotional toll that would put on Kenny, what kind of, like, thoughts that are going through Kenny's mind. Like, if you're already doubting yourself and then Okada comes through the door, like, it, it would be incredible. So there's just but but that's the type of stuff that I think should happen. If Kenny's talking crap to Will Ospreay on Twitter, have Will Ospreay come out there and jump him. Like yeah. and I think that all this stuff can happen once all this pandemic stuff is done, you know? Well and, and I think let me put it this way. I think this might be a, a decent example that I just thought of. And it's all stopped my head, might might not be perfect, but when it comes to this kind of stuff we're talking about, because even just the idea of expanding AEW's audience, like, and, like, who do you even really want coming over to watch the show and all this stuff? Yeah. Like, imagine you've been watching the Cowboys your whole life, right? I'm watching oh. the Vikings. You could use this for, really any sports team that you're a fan of. Imagine you found out someone just started watching the Cowboys the beginning of this season, and they're sitting on Twitter going, Dak sucks. You know, like, you'd be like, I don't, care about your you, you just started watching this like like i don't even which your opinion just doesn't matter you know right. what i mean like because they don't know like they don't know the history and the super bowls and the 90s the struggles and, and, and all that and in in the romo years and in the eighth they don't know all this stuff but, right. but so why are you do you even care what their opinion is you know right. what i mean like they, they don't get it to the same level you do for you know so it's the same kind of thing with aew it's like you know, if it was the same thing when Nick Gage showed up, people were like, who's this guy? Who cares? Oh, it's like, yeah. When it's like, I don't care about, about your, like, if you don't want to watch it, don't watch it. But like, I get what's going on. A lot of other people get what's going on because we've been a fan of this and you haven't been. And now you're jumping in. So now you can either and see what I loved about it, enjoy it, or you can just not watch it. You know, and I see care. what I loved about it though was it wasn't just Nick Gage coming in for a week or two. Like, it made so much sense. The evil MJF, who could he possibly get to stop Chris Jericho? MJF used to work GCW. Yep. He knows Nick Gage. You know what I mean? 
And so it's like it just made perfect sense for him to stoop so low and contact the king of the death match to take on to try to take out Chris Jericho. Like, I love stuff like that, because not only that, it's like rewarding to the pro wrestling fan that watched the indies that watches GCW and stuff like that. So um, that's the type of stuff that I love to see. For sure. And it was only like two weeks and it's incredible, you know? Yeah. Worked perfect. Yeah. yeah, Absolutely. For sure. All right. Next super chat, Alexander Fitzgerald. Thank you so much, my man. I really appreciate it. Um, You guys see AJ Styles coming over to AEW. I know him and Punk never liked each other, but I feel like AJ would be perfect in AEW. I feel like if AJ still wants to wrestle after his contract is over, I think he'll go. I think AEW, I, I don't think people understand how close he is with like the good brothers and all those types of guys, the bucks. Like I think he would love to be around those guys again. And I think Kenny's dream match is him and AJ. And I just think that they could talk him in. I mean, honestly, even if he came in for like three months, just three months, I think that they could have an incredible program and then he could retire if he wanted to. But I, I just can't imagine him not stepping foot in AEW. Yeah. I mean, we've said it before on here, like AEW is AJ Styles home, whether he's there or not. Like that's, yeah. that's, he is, he is, I mean, even, even take away the new Japan connections and stuff. I mean, think about like Jerry Lynn's backstage, you know what I mean? It makes you think like, yeah. like, like they're, they got, I mean, if you, if you even just took the TNA era of AJ Styles, which you know very, very well, yeah. even that version, like if he had never gone to the WWE, AW would be like what everyone would be like, Oh, he, man, if he was just an AW, you know what I mean? Like it's, he, it's, he would be so perfect for that company in so many ways. Well, and like, let's be honest. If he, if he would have just done the TNA to New Japan to Ring of Honor and never went to WWE, he would have been jumping ship with all those guys during when AEW launched. He'd be an EVP. Um, yeah, for sure. (laughs) He absolutely would be. Yeah. So, you know, I, and then the thing about Punk and, and uh, AJ, yeah, they there's the history there, um, but that's very very old. I don't know if how how much they would dislike each other like nowadays because what you're talking about was so long ago. But I bet this, Punk would have rather worked with AJ than Colt Cabana. I was about to say, I mean, it's not like backstage Punk, now, and it isn't just cold. I think I think Punk probably has rubbed the wrong way, you know, to probably. I think you know, Punk also knows he was a prick. I think Punk knows he was a prick. I think Punk knows that, like, he was miserable and he took it out on a lot of people and he feels somewhat guilty about it now. Because, like, I think he can tell a huge difference of him being happy in wrestling and what he felt like when he wasn't happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's more than just Cabana that, like, he probably has some sort of history with. Like, I mean... But and, and also, like, you just got to be an adult and just, like, you can – it's very easy to, like, just avoid people that you don't want to be associated and, with. And not only that, I mean, I think they're both very big businessmen when it comes down to it. Like, AJ's always been about the dollar. Like, not not that's all he cares about, but, like, he's definitely made sure he took care of his family. When he was on the indies, he was a guy that always charged for stuff and just, like – his whole goal was to make money while he was out there. And so like, to me, it's like, if it's business, he'll, he'll totally be fine with it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. All right. Next super chat. 
Michael Jung, I'm telling you, buddy, I'm sorry. I appreciate the super chat, but we got to beat you on Sunday. This is <laughs> the Cowboys got to win, and then we're going into the bye. Man, I, y'all almost lost to the Texans. What, what was up with that? I was like, man, like, but I, I still, honestly, we haven't beat the Patriots in like forever. Like, Romo never beat the Patriots. Dak hasn't beat the Patriots. Like, it's been a really long time, so I would love to beat the Patriots. Um, but we'll we'll see how uh, how things go. After that, though, it's a bye week, and then it's on to Minnesota. Halloween night, sir. We're coming. You're like, great. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, who do you guys think currently has the best theme song entrance combo in AEW? That's a good question. Um, for me, I love the Lucha Bros. That that one always fires me the up. Live, the live one with Mikey Ruckus was awesome. Yeah, that was dope. The whole thing that that felt like almost WrestleMania like. Yeah. Um, uh, I really like Dante Martin's song. They, that one's pretty dope. Um, I like Kenny Omega's. I, I, I like that one. Uh, I know I'm missing some, but I, I love yeah. Bobby Fish's. That 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 one definitely brought me back. Yeah, I, I like Adam Cole's a lot. I thought they gave yeah. him a really good song. And his yeah. entrance is always, he's basically done the same entrance his entire career, but like, it works. Yeah. Um, and it all just leads up to the big Adam Cole, baby. And like, that's yep. what it's meant to. And the boom. And boom. Yeah. Yep. Um, I like that a lot. Um, you know, I really like, um, the, uh, <coughs> the best, <coughs> sorry, the best friends. Uh, theme song. Like, I like Orange Cassidy's song as well, like the real song, uh, the Where's My Mind. But I yeah. like that, this like, doom, 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 with like the, you know, I just, I just think it sounds cool and it like fits them really doom, well. Doom, 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 yeah, doom, doom, and they got like aliens just like popping around and like dogs yeah. and like, I just like, I, I just, I like it for whatever reason. And I like all those guys that are in that group. I'm a big fan of like Statlander and OC and Chuck and Trent and, you know, Yuta and Yuta. all those guys. So yeah. Um, but I think Mikey Ruckus has done a really good job with it because he has to do it on really short turnaround time sometimes for these guys. Yeah, like he's got to come up with a song in like a couple. Have of you years. actually heard Brian Danielson's song with the with the words? No, I don't think so. So it's like a woman that sings in it, and it's like a, almost kind of inspirational at the the end. But like it literally says, like you're gonna get your. Uh, it doesn't okay. actually say that, but it, it they clap with the song. So it's like literally trying to teach people the chant. Like, gotcha. Yeah, that I'll makes send sense. it to you on YouTube or whatever. But like, it's 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 pretty legit. One thing I do want to bring up real quick when we're talk while we're talking about this, uh, and the good, very good super chat question because I haven't really thought about it too much. But this also just reminds me too. Like, I like Mikey Ruckus a lot. Like, I, I really do. I don't think he should. Like, I think he does a great job with AEW, and they they have the balance. That's exactly what I was about to say. It's got to be. Well, because I don't, I, my, my thing is like, how is Jim Johnson not in any wrestling company? Right I now? totally agree. Like, I mean, totally. You know, when I was out action figure hunting today, I had my, my phone that I have, you know, a ton of just random songs downloaded over the years. And I was, uh, I hit like a patch of songs that were all Jim Johnson, WWE theme songs from like the nineties. And I was like, like you hear like Lita's song start, like that doom 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 yep. doom doom, and like within a few seconds, you're like picturing like the you know yep. like the whole like and it just fits so well, and you're able to the rocks music hits with the beat, and you just you just 
think of the of the the lightning bolts and him with his hand up and like and it, it, he did such a incredible job of matching music with the characters that we were seeing on the screen. And it is a effing travesty that he has not been involved in the last like 20 years. It's insane to me. I agree. Yeah, Similar I totally to the agree. video game. Like the best video games that WWE has ever produced were by THQ and Aki. And lo and behold, AEW goes out and finds the guy who's not doing anything to make their video game. You know what well, I mean, no, no offense to Mikey Ruckus, right? But like, you would think Tony Khan, if Jim Johnson was available, mm-hmm. like that would be a guy that Tony would definitely want. So I don't know if his price is really high or what, but he's yeah. uh, he's incredible. He is. So yeah, shout out to Jim Johnson. That guy, that guy is, has like that's like the 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 soundtrack to my childhood is like some of those oh, coming sure. to music. <laughs> but, yeah, like but for uh, sure, yeah, good stuff. All right, Dirty, thank you so much for the super chat. As always, opinions on Masvidal and Edwards at UFC 269. I thought this was really weird that, like, Edwards absolutely refused this fight. And then, like, they basically were like, he said no and we're moving on. And then, like, at the last minute, Leon decided to take the fight. Um, I mean, to me, if you're Leon, you have to take this fight. I know you want a title shot and all that stuff, but, like, Usman's tied up a little bit. Your last fight, you didn't look impressive because no, he looked 40 really seconds. impressive. Yeah, but it's like 40 yeah. seconds. But I mean, we really don't necessarily know how good Nate is. So just, and it's like if Nate would have just hit him and that's fine, but like Nate almost put him out. Like if it was 15 seconds longer, that's probably it. But well, like, it wasn't like taunting in between yeah, strikes and just, stuff. Just yeah. Run up on him. But uh, yeah, so. I think he had to take the fight. I like the fight a lot, honestly. As long as it doesn't go to the ground much and it's actually a stand-up fight, I think it's anybody's fight. Yeah, I agree. And this fight, I mean, I'm glad we're getting it. It's, again, technically. Um, yeah. Yeah, but, they, I mean, they're just going to play the hell out of that clip, the three-piece. Oh, episode. 100%. I mean, so it'll, and it's a, it's a very good matchup. Like it's a matchup that makes sense in the division with the rankings and style. Well, if George, if George wins, he's right up there. And honestly, if Colby beats Usman for whatever, if, you know, Usman slips on a banana peel or whatever, but if Colby actually wins that fight, I mean, I think you can do Masvidal and Colby next. Completely agree. If you don't want to do an instant rematch, which they love to do, and he's pound for pound the best fighter in the world and blah, blah, blah. But anyways, everybody wants Masvidal and Colby, so. Yeah, I agree. Um, So, yeah, as far as, like, a prediction, I am going to take Masvidal, I think. I think Edwards is the better boxer, but I think Masvidal has more ways to win. So I'm going to take him as my prediction probably, but – Edwards, he was literally one round away from being like the without a doubt next up for the title, and he he let that fifth round, uh, he let Nate have that fifth round on him, and look where he's at now again. Now, granted, this is a big money fight for the UFC. I think this will do really well on pay per view because it's this. I think there was another title fight, and they moved the title fight to another show after this was booked. There was like initially, I think three Moreno, Brandon Moreno, and Figgy. So who who is the other two sixty nine fight? Um, because I don't know if this was even the main event. Well, that's Poirier. That's Poirier and um, Oliveira. Okay, so yeah, we. Oh yeah, and, and Nunez and Payne is on there too. That's yeah. the other one I was thinking of. But that's a hell of a card, dude. Like, well, yeah, I'm looking no, at it we're right fi- now. We're finished. We're finishing off strong. We're finishing yeah. off strong. I'm, I'm just gonna read these off just real quick. Like, I'm looking at yeah. the announced bouts. 
Cody Garbrandt, Kaikara France at flyweight. So Cody dropping down. Um, That's great. Yeah. Um, although, you know, Sean O'Malley and Pavia are fighting each other. I'd rather just, you know, O'Malley versus, uh, Garbrand. If they're going to fight the maybe, maybe the MMA gods will help us out and there will be something that happens and it gets switched or something. You, you never know. Other big fights still, like Ryan Hall's coming back against Derek Minner, which like Hall looked really good up until his last fight. But you also have Dominic Cruz versus Pedro Munoz. That's a great fight. That's a great fight. Santiago Ponzinibbio versus Jeff Neal. That's a great fight. Like, I will I mean, say this, if there are injuries or anything, they could flip Cody, Dominic, Sean, O'Malley, like they could, they could figure some stuff out. I think that's by design, cause there's like three or four welterweight title, or welterweight fights like on this, so like. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, that, that's a hell of a, that's a hell of a card there, UFC 269, looking for, and, and what's cool too is they're doing, you know, they're doing the free Blahovich to share a card on ABC, like next weekend, and then the weekend after that is another numbered pay-per-view, uh, 268. So they're going back-to-back numbered shows with stacked yeah. cards. So. And, what I, and they need that. They need some buzz. Yeah, they need to get people excited. And uh, what I love, too, is they were able to get Jan and Sanhagen done as well. Like that, yeah, that, that, title. that was huge because that yeah. really adds a lot to that card. Yeah, yeah. This all that's all good stuff, and I totally agree with like the buzz stuff. Like, if I had to rank the three right now, I would definitely say pro wrestling, then boxing, then MMA in that order. As far as like the amount of buzz going on, right I'm now. in like a DraftKings league with like UFC, uh, like probably I think it's like eight people, and we just do pick them fights. We've got like three people that have gone dormant that don't even watch right now, that's like they wild. just don't care, like, and that's. And there's a bunch of people like that that just haven't even been tuning in. So I think that uh, they need something to get people excited. Well, I mean, here's a good example. Like, did you even bother watching Mackenzie Dern's fight this past Saturday nope. against Marina uh, Rodriguez? Yeah, I mean, like this weekend is uh, Dumont versus Aspen Ladd is the main event. It's like yeah, it's supposed care. to be Holly Holm, and yeah, no one's gonna watch. I'm gonna watch one fight on next week's card. Andre Arlovsky's in the co-main. I'm down to watch okay. Arlovsky forever. So I'm now is that like a Saturday, like Saturday night? Let me check. I because uh, I don't go head to head with dynamite. Well, and uh, and last week's UFC was like at four p.m. or something like mm-hmm. Eastern. So um, this this Saturday's UFC starts. Uh, the prelim started four Eastern, three your time. Uh, the main card starts at six o'clock your time. So still an early show though. That's going to wrap up by like 9 p.m. your time. So um, I think there was something else too. Oh no, the next, not this weekend, but next weekend, there's AEW, GCW, Impact Bound for Glory, and UFC. Wow. Um, UFC is okay. Costa, Costa versus Vittori. That would be good. Okay. So, nice. Bit, I'll, be, I'll be on Fightful next weekend doing the review for... Right after, right after either Impact or Dynamite ends, whichever one I guess ends last, me and Jeremy Lambert are going to do a review of AEW Dynamite and Impact Bound for Glory that night. And then I'm just going to try to stay spoiler free on GCW and watch it after, I guess, because that's the Suzuki versus Gage show. So, man, Briscoe's, uh, that was a big ad. And then, yeah, Aries versus Ninja Mac. And yeah, there's a lot of good stuff on there. Hell yeah. Thanks for the, the super chat is always dirty. Appreciate the MMA stuff. Absolutely. All right, Chris, thanks so much for the super chat. This is a good question. 
Also, GCW sells out the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York. Does that make them the number three promotion in the U.S.? They already are. So there you go. Um, I think they're going to sell out. I've, I've said that, and people look at me funny, but I, I just, I mean, in my opinion, Moxley probably will still be champion at that point, and I just Moxley. think, yeah, I I'm just think that, yeah. yeah, I mean, do you think they're going to do a rematch at, yeah. at the ballroom? Yeah, Moxley so. Stage two, yeah, you got yeah. to. Right. They, let, they, left so, a lot, they left a lot of meat on the bones. And GCW, I thought so like, too. Yeah. I thought so too. Um, so yeah, I just, I, I think that they're going to have huge matches. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that it, it's going to sell out. I, I think fans also love being part of history and they want to be able to say, Hey, I was there for that. So like if you've been to a GCW show before, um, you're going to want to attend that show, especially if you're in the New York area. And it's hard not to see their growth. Like it's, it's pretty substantial at this point. So yeah. And then the only thing in the U S I would say, yes, I still, I still think worldwide new Japan is a bigger promotion in, in my opinion. But they're, they're really I have no clue what kind of pay-per-view buy rates or anything GCW does. All I know is they sell out everywhere they go. That's all yeah. I know. I, I honestly think GCW this weekend, it, this past weekend, it probably did more buys than the last Impact pay-per-view, the last MLW pay-per-view, and the last Ring of Honor pay-per-view combined, probably. Yeah, um, I would agree so. with that. I would agree with that. I mean, I just think that they have that vibe of like it's like watching ring of honor and hd but like with more ecw feel to it like it's just it's different it's it and i feel like that the bar was so low and now the bar just keeps getting like risen over and over and like when you think that they've peaked here come the Briscoes. Here comes Thunder Rosa. Here comes, you know, Zach Ryder, uh, Matt Cardona. I think he's had the best run in his whole career oh, in yeah. GCW. And I was, I was rooting him to beat Effie so bad because I did not want it to end. And then when I saw him in the Hammerstein Ballroom commercial, like it was like, oh wow, like they really view him as like a key part of their company. Like, you have all the great. tools, but you'll never be a top guy. We wish you your best in your future endeavors. It's so funny, too, because, like, if you look at the lineup, right, he is jacked, he's tanned, he looks like everything of a WWE wrestler. But, like, what I love about him so much is that, like, he's such a diehard fan, and the GCW world has given him, like, an open creativity, like, map that he can just go and do whatever he wants, and he has hit – a home run in so many ways. So, yeah. And yeah, you yeah. know it's going to be Chelsea and him versus Effie and Allie. Like, yep. that's that's happening. And I think there's a reason why we saw uh, Charlie Evans and uh, Everett Connors unite on JCW, then show up in GCW the next night. Like, that's another couple that I think will be in. I think with, with GCW, they're smart. I think they're getting some of these like intergender like couples and teams kind of ready right now. And they can have like a run of having some really good, because here's the thing. Historically speaking, I think most people don't like mixed tag matches. You know what I mean? Right. Because of how they've been presented. But what if GCW went up there and just put on like these 
banger just mixed tag matches. Like, because, yeah. like, on paper, you'd be like mixed tag matches, but then it's like Everett Connors doing, you know, you know, Canadian Destroyers off the top rope to Matt Cardona or whatever. And people are like, what? Like, Chelsea and Alley Tat doing what? I mean, it could wind up being really good. So, yeah. um, and also, this wasn't a super chat, but I wanted to throw this out there. Uh, some sign, some guy signing, sorry, some guy singing, uh, it says, he was asking like how GCW just got so popular all of a sudden and TDI Charlie Brown said the dark side would engage. The dark side would engage definitely had a lot to do with it, but also something that not enough people are probably talking about is notice how huge. Cause I see, here's the thing. I was, I was watching all this stuff pre when WWE hoarded all the talent and stayed with it. And I'm watching post. Yeah. Like there's been a clear shift in popularity ever since like WWE stopped hoarding talent. Cause like you can see that like their roster is getting thinner on the WWE side, but a lot of the people that they've either let go or, or, or ask for their release and stuff, they're out in this forbidden door world now. So like, yeah. so I think a big part of it was like, there was a few years where GCW didn't have a ton of buzz cause like they were trying, they were trying to create buzz, but it was, it was tough with like, they had to build these people, but then it's like, you get this influx of like all this talent that like the WWE swooped up and is like been back out there. And it adds to all these shows like to have, to have a guy like John Moxley as your champion is humongous for GCW. Oh, like, you know, like, for I, sure. mean, I mean, and there's, you know, there's a few examples, like him and Cardona are great examples. But for like, just for me, like well, the way that I viewed GCW was Joey Janela's spring breaks every year, right? Mm-hmm. At death matches. Like that's all I thought it really was. And then like the rest was like low tier wrestling. And then I came when, around. Right. <laughs> that, but like the WrestleMania weekend, when I started to see Ninja Mac, Dante Leone, Jordan Oliver, Lee Moriarty, and then I started to see that these guys weren't just GCW, they were in other independents. Then, luckily for me, a lot of these guys were wrestling in Houston, so I went to go see them live, and it just gave me like a whole new appreciation. Then I actually went to a GCW show, and I had one of the best times I've ever had at a wrestling show. So it's very memorable. Um, and so at that point, then it was like, oh, like, this is for real. And now I'm only seeing the talent grow and get better. Like, to me, instead of Will Ospreay doing Ring of Honor, do freaking GCW or, or, or like a Jay White. Like, screw Ring of Honor, man. Like, Ring of Honor to me is so ice cold. It's not even funny. And honestly... It's my bold prediction. I think Ring of Honor sells by somewhere next year. I think they sell. Because what I think – no, maybe to Brett Lauderdale. Who knows? But what what I – The only reason you want to buy Ring of Honor would be to acquire the talent, like the contract. Right. Yeah. And the tape library as well, you you know, especially if you have plans of, like, some type of network or whatever – but, yeah, or you can get onto like fight TV is like a thing or something. Yeah, right. Sure. But for me, it's like I feel like so many wrestlers are going to leave Ring of Honor when their contracts are up. I don't see the incentive of being there at Ring of Honor unless they're just paying ungodly amounts of money. Because at the end of the day, like they're barely running shows right now. Like these, it's it's not. There's no buzz. 
the Briscoes, right? The Briscoes have been performing in front of an empty arena for so long, and then they come out to GCW, and you could tell they were so hyped. Jay Briscoe was so hyped, he threw himself off the top turnbuckle celebrating, you know? Like, he fell over the top rope, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I, I, it's just, it's different. And I, I don't see a good path for ROH. And I don't see why somebody like, like, uh, a, a Roosh and a, and a Dragon Lee and all these guys are coming back. Like, I, I think they're going to leave. And I just feel like that they're going to be pretty, pretty bare. Well, I, I think it's also important though that the Briscoes are popping up in GCW because clearly Ring of Honor to some degree is willing to play ball with these other companies now. So, it could very well be a situation where someone like Rouge, for instance, like he goes, he resigns with Ring of Honor. Well, like that company's paying, you know, signing his checks, but like he might still be free to work other places as well. The, the, the problem with Ring of Honor is that, and I actually said it today on Twitter, the problem with Ring of Honor is that they, they don't do a good enough job marketing that their show is completely free on their website every week. Like I see, the, no. I see, I see people always i'd watch ring of honor but i don't know how to watch it it's like do you have the internet you can watch it for free like it's, it's like really simple but ring of honor doesn't do a good job of, of but like imagine steven if you were watched ring of honor back in let's say 2014 even sure. 2016 and then you tuned in to what ring of honor is now totally you different. gotta be thinking to yourself like what is this yeah it's a totally different company but but the thing is like the ring of honor weekly show i actually think is a, is a good show like I, I review it every week for Fightful. Like I, so I, I keep up with it, and they generally have usually two or three really solid matches and some promos, and like the storylines make sense, and their matches are still really good. It's just nobody's paying attention. But it's like you said, they they definitely don't have any buzz right now. Like it does seem ice cold. Like you're saying, I, I totally agree. But what sucks about that is the product is actually a pretty good product. Just nobody's paying any attention. And ring of honor doesn't do a good job of like getting people to watch the show. So, but you know, you know, though, like when it comes to like WrestleMania weekend and how like ROH has a show and they usually book the new Japan talent, I would love to see them go to GCW that weekend. Like, I think that that would be huge. You know yeah. what I mean? That'd be sick. Cause they did like a ring of honor versus GCW card or something like that. Like, oh, amazing. Or even if that's how Ring of Honor plays ball with AEW at some point, like whatever it takes to get Jonathan Gresham and Daniel Bryan in the same ring. I mean, like, I honestly, I don't think it's going to be that hard. I really don't. I think because yeah. to me, it's if if it's about ego, that would be an issue. But I just think Brian Danielson's just going to be like, whatever we got to do, let's just make it happen. You know? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Brian Danielson wrestled Alex Shelley for the IWTV Championship. Like, yeah. Like, imagine, imagine how sick that would be. Like, Danielson just go into, like, a bar, standing room only, 100 paid audience, because that's all that fits in there. But it's, like, him and Alex Shelley just go out and put on, like, a 45-minute classic for that WTV title. Because, like, just because for the love of the game. You know what well, I mean? Well, then like, they, could, they could literally show a clip of that match on Dynamite, and then Alex Shelley could ask him for a rematch that same night. Like, th- yeah. that is not out of the question. You know what I mean? That, yeah. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say is, like, some of these storylines could happen, like, later on. So, like, the week – it's almost like a house show thing, right? Like, the house show happens, and then it continues on into AWTV. Like, yeah. bigger picture, you know? Yeah, for sure. Another super chat from Dirty. Thank you so much, Dirty. You are the man. Um, would you like to see Nick Aldis in AEW? I mean, honestly, not really. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really. Like, uh, 
I there's a lot of other wrestlers I would like to see besides him. And the problem with him is, is I feel like he is coming in with an ego. And I feel like that he would have to be treated as like a main eventer type guy. And if he's not, he's not going to be happy. And I just, no, not for me. Yeah. Um, I think Nick Aldis without the NWA World Heavyweight Championship, which, you know, now Trevor Murdoch has, I don't, I don't think that Nick Aldis, it's going to sound brutal, but I don't think he provides any value to AEW if he's not the NWA champion. So, um, I'm with you, Doug. You know, I don't, I, I, the thing is like, I don't necessarily, I don't even dislike Nick Aldis. I just don't think he necessarily fits in for like the I grand scheme impact- of what AEW does. I don't know how bad it turns he was on impact, but to me, that's his best bet in my opinion is if you wanted yeah. to go back there. I mean, like they've turned him baby face on NWA. Um, and like his whole group just turned on him and stuff. And like, that seems like that's what his like immediate future is going to be. And it looks like they're doing uh Trevor Murdoch and the Pope for the title soon. That's like the next Ooh. big Pope is still around, huh? He's actually, I mean, he's probably the best thing that anybody has right he, now. He was pretty good. I mean, yeah. every time he's just kind of, he's kind of like Carlito in a sense, right? Like Carlito pops up. He's still good, but like, you just never see him that much. And yeah, Pope is kind of the same thing. T- TDI Did you- Charlie Brown. I just, I just want to throw this out there real quick. If in answer this for me, TDI, this is an honest question. I'm not trying to be a dick or anything, but he said that, you know, all this could fit into AEW. In theory, sure, but like, who would you like? Who would you really, really want to see him wrestle? Like, what matches? And the problem is, we've seen Cody, right? Like to me, like that made sense. The NWA title, all that. Like, where do we want to see Nick Aldis in AEW? Especially without the without being the world champion of NWA, it just doesn't. Because that was like what made him interesting was him being this a long time National Wrestle Alliance champion. Now it's now he's just like a. He's just, he's very generic. I mean, there's really no other way of putting it. He's a very generic wrestler that I don't think really, like, brings a whole lot to the table. When you have this roster that AEW has, it's so dynamic. Like, I, I just don't. Speaking of a TDI, Charlie Brown, he actually sent a super oh, chat. Thank so you. I really appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, he says, personally, I believe the wrestling business has been so exposed that it will probably never be as big as it was in the 90s or early 2000s. Thoughts? I think it's not just the wrestling business. I just think in TV in general, you're never going to see ratings like that ever again. You're never going to see like social media, like so many things have changed the way wrestling is viewed. Yes. When things are exposed, it doesn't help. But like, you remember all the buzz that punk and John Cena had back when it was like, is he going to leave the WWE or not? It was, the business was completely exposed. They're arguing about contracts and, ice cream bars and all that stuff, him and Vince, but like everybody loved it. Everybody enjoyed it. So it's, it it can still be done. I mean, we've seen some unbelievable storylines, even though wrestling business has been exposed, but like, I think the biggest thing is too, is, is it's no longer just two companies. Yes, it is two companies, but like it is so spread out now. Wrestling is, there, people are probably watching wrestling more than they ever have before, but it's just all these different platforms. And so you just don't get a total number of how many people are watching wrestling. Yeah, and, and, I, and I loved um, – I haven't had a chance to watch the whole thing, but Robbie Fox's interview for Barstool with Tony Khan. Uh, and yeah, I, I, I saw it. I saw that he – you know, Tony Khan saying, you know, 
what was it? YWY watch, sorry, WYW watch your wrestling, which I think is like, that's exactly how I look at it. Like me and him are, I mean, I don't want to say like we're the same because obviously like the success level is very, very different between myself and Tony Khan and our, our amount of money is very, very different. But like theoretically, when you think about wrestling, it's very the same because that's what I keep preaching over and over and over is like, I'm watching more wrestling than I ever have in my life. And I'm watching the least amount of WWE I ever have in my life. So like yeah. the options are there. I'm not telling you not to watch the WWE. I'm not telling you just to watch GCW or, or not to watch Impact or just watch Ring of Honor. Like, it's so all the cart right now. Pick what you like and watch it. And if you want to give other stuff a try, that's great. But also know your role and know what, you, what lane you're in. Like if you're if you are a if you are a WWE fan that enjoys Alexa Bliss and her doll, and you tune into GCW for a ultraviolet death match, and you're complaining, screw this company. I don't like GCW. Guess what? This isn't for you. Go back to watching something different. Like find another yeah. company. There's a there's a hunt. IWTV literally has like 6,000 shows you can watch right now on their platform alone. Like find stuff you like, but you know, don't start, don't, don't always like be trying to down, talk down on something. At the end of the day that you just thought, I just don't understand. Like, you know, you're, you're, it's like you, these fans are getting angry and upset and like, it's so tribal and so protective of the companies that they watch. And they seem to just be so afraid to accept that other people might like something different than they do. Like, you know, so, um, what was the actual suit? Can you pull the actual super chat back up? What was the, yeah. the actual question? Just do you ever, oh, so, like, it will probably yeah. never, it, it, it's just probably basically not. his belief that it will never get to back to the nineties or 2000 yeah. level. Yeah. I, I agree to it, to it, to a very large degree. I, I agree with what you were saying as well with, uh, the, just the way TV works and the distribution of content and all this stuff. It's just, it's just a different time. And not just that, like nothing sticks, right? Like we're on to the next immediately. One yeah. story, one day, next story, the next, like, you know, like when you got, when a, when a back then in the nineties, when someone dropped a CD, like an album, like that album lasted a year. Like now, if you drop an album, that album is over in a week. Yeah. Like people are on to the next, like short it's just span. short attention span. So it's like, I, I just don't think people will ever be as invested like that ever again. When you're also having to do it for the audience in a different, cause it, so like with, with exposing wrestling, like sure, like the dirt sheets existed. And, you know, I, I always knew that wrestling was predetermined from like the first time I ever watched it. Like, cause I, I'd seen people like box and stuff before. Like I knew they weren't hitting each other. I just, I just really enjoyed what I was seeing. I loved the entertainment aspect of it, like kind of simulated fighting and that it was live and all this stuff. But, but there was still as, as wild as it sounds still in early, it's so like the early two thousands. I think a lot of people still didn't quite get how real it was or wasn't, or even in their own heads, they were like, like when I had MLJ on the podcast and I was talking to him about like when he was growing up watching wrestling, he had like convinced himself that WCW was 75% real. WWF was 50% real and ECW was 90% real. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's that was this, the kind of mental gymnastics you played with not really knowing for sure exactly yeah. how this all worked. Nowadays you have to, you have to market it and present it and get people invested knowing that they know it's all predetermined now like there's no getting right. around it the the social media and everybody breaking kayfabe and all this stuff it's a totally different world now so you have to just 
You just have to put on an entertaining show. And this is, it sounds so stupid to say this, but it's so true. That's why AEW is so successful. They are a pro wrestling show that is targeting a pro wrestling audience. Like we know it's predetermined. We know these people aren't actually the people they're presenting themselves to be on television, but we love pro wrestling and they're giving us a product about pro wrestling. So, you know, that's, that's just how I see it. If, if, if there's more wrestling fans out there that they can bring in, that's awesome. You know, it's, it's even when you see stuff like, uh, total divas or this, uh, yeah. roads to the top and stuff. A lot of the time people will be like, it's great because it brings in a lot of female fans. And to yep. a degree, that is great. Like, I'm fine with that. Like, come on in. Like, enjoy this with us. But also, don't get mad if this isn't the same thing as what you thought it was when you watched Total Divas. You know what I mean? I don't want to hear complaints from those fans going, it isn't this, 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 and this. Like, if you got into it because of Total Divas, you got to now learn what pro wrestling is also. Or just, well, or just enjoy the show for what it is. So my niece's name is Brianna, and she, you know, with Bri, it was Brie mode. So she loved that, right? She wanted to get the Brie Mode t-shirt and like the, the Bellas were the coolest thing. And she wanted to see wrestling live, but like she would never invest her time into watching weekly, but she would, she would buy a ticket because it was something that she wanted to experience. And I think that there's a lot of people like that as well that are like, and especially more so to the WWE, but I do think Roads to the Top will help. I really do. I think if you watch that show and you're like not interested in wrestling, but it's like, hey, do you want to go see Brandy and Cody? They'd be like, oh, cool. Yeah, I'll go. You know what I mean? And yeah. then hopefully they find other stuff that they like and then they become a fan. It, um, it's a it's a, it's a way it, it is a way to get your foot in the door, like in, like potentially get people to at least try to watch the show based on being a fan because of these reality shows for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I've loved roads to the top. I thought it's been, I thought it's been great. I love that Cody forgot the bed and it's so funny too. like the pillow, <laughs> like my wife has that pillow. We've bought in two because of the first pillow we had. And then we, we got rid of it because we didn't think we were going to have another baby. So as soon as she got pregnant again, we had to get another pillow like it's a must for pregnant people. Now it lays on the freaking floor next to the bed. And my daughter likes to come and lay on the floor in, in like the middle of the night. And she lays on that pillow. So it's like, we're never going to get rid of that damn thing. But <laughs> I like the it, show it, too, by the way, I like roasting the top. Well, and I like what I'm seeing backstage <laughs> in some of the things too. Like I, I find it interesting. And I love like, I love that. Like we all knew that segment was trash. That way in segment was awful. Yep. We knew that. And I love that it was like, that was that's what they thought too. You know what I mean? Like that you I'm, get to see that. I'll keep it real though. Like they were a little too positive backstage about the the Cody and a uh, go go match. Like they were making yeah. it sound like it was this big success. That match sucked. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I agree and, with that. But like and, I love that Tony's like, like, oh, there's like wrap it the f up. Like this is yeah. awful. You know, yeah. like, he knows it. Well, also, <laughs> I mean. And by the way, for anybody who ever thinks like that, I think that like AEW can do no wrong or anything like that. Just keep in mind too, I'm going to like, I will have a big problem if Brandy Rhodes comes back and wins that mm-hmm. AEW Women's Championship. Yeah. Like, I think everyone that hears her goal is like cringing. Like, yeah. Mm, like I'm not on board no. for that. I'm the biggest Cody Rhodes fan you'll ever find in the world. Um, you know, but like, 
even I can recognize, like, that's a really, really, really bad, 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 bad idea to have her win the women's championship. So, yeah. like, I don't want to see that. So, if that winds up happening, I'll be the first to come on here and say, hey, I love AEW. I'm going to support them no matter what. But, like, this is the first real, real big miss would be something like that. And I'd be happy to admit it. If, if that, I, I hope it doesn't happen, but I feel like it's going to. I, I just hope it doesn't. So. Michael, one last super chat. I really appreciate it, Michael. Also, guys, if you haven't hit that thumbs up, please hit that thumbs up. We appreciate it. Um, who do you guys see getting the biggest push in the women's mid-card division now with TBS title official? Do you see them as a legit contender to Brit? Also, we haven't really talked about um, the TBS title. So, you know, I know that you, you kind of got to really walk on eggshells here. I'm not so sure that their women's division is deep enough for another title, but I mean, I definitely think there are some ladies that can definitely hold that title. So I'm not like overly opposed to it. My biggest concern is it's going to be a prop to build up Jade. I think that like, because Jade's undefeated and I think it's a way to like make her look like a really credible contender with, while she's still learning. But in my opinion, if she's still learning that much, I don't think she should be a champion. But I I don't know. It just feels like a title that Jade's going to win. Yeah, I think she's the front runner. I think most people think she's going to win the title, including me. Like, if, if, if I had to choose, well, depends on how you look at this, right? Like, I would love if the TBS title was similar to the X Division title and Impact, but like where like Josh Alexander just cashed it in for, you know, option C, if there was some sort yeah. of stakes to it where, like, you're the number one contender for the women's title by holding that title, that could be interesting because it could be a really good way to build and elevate someone like Jade, you know, have a good title run with that, but it's, like, guaranteeing her that she's, like, going to get a world title. So it's, it, it, it's And then rare, when you turn it in, is it just vacant and then they compete yeah, for it again? Do a tournament or something. But, like, what with, with the interesting uh, kind of uh, – opportunity they have right now with Jade that you don't really see that I think could be interesting to watch play out is most of the time you see a championship belt make the make the wrestler or the wrestler make the championship belt you know what I mean like some like as far as like the credibility goes like sometimes there's a championship belt that like is is there's not much is going on with it but then like you know AJ Styles wins the, the title or whatever and it's like oh okay like this like the TNA Legends title or something. Like, yeah, this this title, this is a nothing title, but AJ wins it. And you're like, oh, okay, like, at least, like, this means more because, like, AJ is so good. So maybe they'll do something with the title belt or something. And that could work vice versa. You take someone who might not be seen in a certain way, they win the world title, and, like, now them having the title makes them credible, even though they were incredible before. With Jake right. Morgill, they could do both at once, which is really interesting. Like, they could – you we could potentially see – her go from green to a star and the title go from no credibility to very credible at the same time with her. So yeah. that could be, that could be cool. As far as, you know, other options, like I'd love to see Chris Statlander with that. Cause I think she could yeah. be really, really big. For, for yeah, definitely. And if, if they're not, I mean, I, I view Serena Deeb as like, 
women's world title level. Like, in my opinion, she's the best women's wrestler in AEW. And I know like, Thunder Rosa is fine to make that argument. There, there are good women. But in the overall package, Britt is the best overall package that they have. But in the ring, I think Serena Deeb is the best. This is my personal opinion. And if she's not going to be the world champion or in that mix, she should have the TBS title and just have banger matches every week. Yeah, I think I actually like that. I think, it, and not only that, it could like elevate all the other girls trying to take the title because they're all going to probably have great matches with her. It's good experience. Yeah, I like I like that. I, I love like that she beat. I love that she beat Sheeta. By the way, like they had us all thinking there's no way she yeah. would lose, and like she beat her and then hit her in the head with that. They trophy. even that was awesome. they even made the trophy for yeah. her and everything. Like exactly. that was that was good storyline, Stephen. Good stuff. That's what I'm talking about. Woman of a thousand holes. And guess what? <laughs> Dean Malenko is backstage. If they ever want to have them go out together, or he manages her. The only thing with him, and this is not me. I'm not making fun at all by saying this, but. You know, I know he suffers from Parkinson's, and I know that yeah. like, being out in front of crowds that big, that might potentially trigger it to be kind of you know worse. Chase and stuff. It's and, and it's, it's stuff. It is, but but if he's if he's okay with it, and they want to have him go out there every now and then, and like kind of be her manager and stuff, that could be really cool too. So, yeah, um, you know, but the, the thing is, you know, when you really think about it, I mean, like. Take Conti, like she could be a good candidate for something like this. And what, what do you think about Ruby Soho? Um, I prefer the women I've mentioned, but I wouldn't <laughs> like. But Ruby Soho, like that'd be fine do you, too. Do you feel like that they've kind of taken a step back on Tay? Like Tay was like, like after she faced Sheeta and stuff, and then it was like, wow, she's improved a lot, and now it's just kind of like she's just kind of just dark and stuff. I think they just need, she just needs to kind of wait for the right time. Like, yeah. Know. But, but the thing is when you really think about it, cause I was having the same conversation today with Jesse and I, I said the same thing you did initially. I was like, I don't think it's quite deep enough that you would need the second title. But then I thought right. about it and I was like, well, at least there aren't tag titles. Cause I think that could be a big mess. And when you really think about it, they do have a pretty, deep roster because of the discrepancy in talent kind of because you have like your few that are like really damn good like thunder rosa and serena and Britt and you know um ashita uh, like the like established like top tippy top tier i'd also put statlander in there but she just hasn't been pushed as much but then yeah. you have kind of like a drop off of like jade conti anna jay um you know that kind of like more level of like waiting to break out type talent and that could work really well in like the tbs title because it would make a lot more sense to have like conti against like ruby soho or whatever for the tbs title than have conti versus Britt for the world title right now you know what i mean yeah totally agree yeah i agree um i will say this just real quick i am glad that the that tessa has been signed that now we don't have to debate anymore where she's going to show up, when she's going to come to AEW, if she's going to come to AEW. She's with women, women of wrestling. I've never watched the show. I'm not really that interested in it. I'm happy that she's getting an opportunity. Um, I know it's controversial. I don't think that she handled things the best way. I definitely don't necessarily agree with her new healer shirt. I just think that that's like egging people on. But I also think that she's taken an unbelievable amount of online bullying, abuse, whatever you want to say. People really went after her. She kept her mouth quiet 
And when she got her deal, she wanted to rub it in people's faces. So it's not necessarily taking the high road, but I think she took a lot of crap. I will say this, the people that are affiliated with that company, AJ, um, Jeannie Buss, if they really felt like what that she, if she was what they have been accusing her of, I don't think she has a job. I just honestly, I don't, or I don't think that they would even want to be affiliated with it. So I, I've seen who Tessa still is friends with and it just, it doesn't add up to me. And I've also seen like Chelsea Green just did a comment today about how she was pissed off that Tessa showed up with the impact title at all in. And she said it made all the girls look bad. Like to me, this was a grudge and this was something that a lot of women were very jealous of. And I just feel like that Tessa got brought in the middle of this and I don't think it necessarily was fair, but I also think Tessa's at fault for ignoring it and for letting this thing just grow and letting people have their own narrative. So I'm glad Tessa is going to do something else. We can all move on and everybody should be better off for it. End of story. No comment. Yeah, I feel you, but, but I just, I want to get that out because I know people have been asking me and I know people want to know my thoughts. That's my thoughts. So there we go there. Um, I guess we only got a couple of minutes left. Did you want to talk about uh, anything else? Tyson Fury, Wilder. I mean, if you guys really want to know our overall thoughts on that, definitely uh, check out the live stream that we did. It was with Sean Ross app as well. Um, We've, we've done like about three or four of these now and they've always been really entertaining. I definitely recommend you guys checking them out. Um, give our honest perspective about what's going on in the fights. We react live to what happened. And I mean, there were five knockdowns in that fight. So there was a lot of like excitement. And, uh, yeah, I definitely recommend you guys checking that out. Best heavyweight boxing fight that I've ever seen. I, I have to imagine like there's going to be recency bias because it was so fresh, but like, I mean, the two top guys in the world, all those knockdowns, us thinking that Wilder had no chance after the second round and coming out and dropping Fury twice for a 10 seven. And like, that was, I honestly, man, I'm loving boxing right now. I really am. Like, I'm actually I'm more interested in boxing than MMA at the moment, to be honest. Yeah, that's um, pretty crazy. Yeah. Although so. I, I'm really looking forward to Vitor and Oscar. I really hope that fight happens. I think that's going to be a great fight. Um, and, like, one thing that I really want to stress for Deontay Wilder, it's like, dude, hold your head up high. Like, just because you lost to Tyson Fury, you were outweighed by 60 pounds. It's a bad matchup for you. You're a power puncher. He's a boxer. But, like, appreciate what you were involved in. This is being called the greatest heavyweight boxing trilogy of all time by certain people. So regardless of how it turned out, you were part of history. You were already a huge star before Tyson Fury. You're a big star. You don't have to just, like, hide in a shell and make up a bunch of excuses just accept the fact that you got beat, but you were a huge part of boxing history and you're, you're set for life, dude. Like you're going to be a star no matter what. Anytime, if there was a Deontay Wilder meet and greet, dude, people would love to meet him. Like it's, 
it's all good. I, I, all he needed to do, in my opinion, was restore his legacy after that crazy debacle of him firing his coach, blaming everybody, and claiming Tyson cheated and all this stuff. And blaming he did his that. own walkout gear. Blaming his walkout heavy. gear and all that stuff. And he did that. And he hurt Tyson. He dropped him twice. Like, he he has nothing to be ashamed of. So that's that's my biggest thing is, like, that you're still, in my opinion, you're the second biggest draw in heavyweight boxing, period. Like, I would love to see you fight Ruiz. I would love to see you fight Anthony Joshua. By the way, Anthony Joshua issued his rematch clause for Usyk, so that's happening. So, so we'll funny. have to get through that, and then uh, we'll see. But you know what? Tyson deserves a long break. So let him have his long break and let, let Usyk and, and Joshua fight it out. And either way, big for Tyson. Yeah. They need to figure out something. I mean, I, I I totally get the mindset of why they set these contracts up the way that they do. I just think it's so wussy. I hate and I hate hate to say that again about uh like people that but put their But you're um, not saying that about fighters. It's the promoters. Those are the what? people that are refusing to let their because they view it as their property. Their cash they cow. view they view it as like why would I have a chance in risking my property getting damaged and then not worth as much. So then they're like, well, if we're going to do this, then I have to make sure that we get a rematch or, you know, the, the, that has to be at, at this location. We'll only fight in England. So you're going to have to come here or whatever the case may be. They pull this BS all the time. And this is what happens when there isn't just like one big universal company. So, you know, TV rights and all that other stuff. And it's just, it's just a big mess, but the fighters themselves would fight. It's just the promoters are the ones that really hang things up. And it's good to put that distinction out there because I, because I, I know that, but I do blend the two more than I probably should when I'm saying this stuff, but that really is the truth. Like it is the promoter's fault, not the fighter's fault. I, I agree. I just wish that it wasn't the way that it is because like we really should be sitting here fired up for Usyk versus uh, Fury. Like, like right. waiting, waiting for the time that that gets signed, even if it's like six months from now. Like just knowing that that's next and people can get hyped up for it. But what what gets bad is like when there's like a beef between promoters, and instead of them even doing the rematch, they fight like the thirteenth ranked guy, and then the other one's like, "We're moving on, so now we're gonna fight like the ninth ranked guy." And then it's just like it gets lost in the shuffle and they revisit the rematch idea like three years down the road. And it's that's boxing. That's what's that, been happening. And by that time, there's multiple champions in the same weight class. And, they and then there's also other. been other losses. So then now we're on to something else because we got to redeem just like just like Andy Ruiz. Right. Andy Ruiz beat Joshua. So it's like he had to clean up that mess. Then he had to redeem himself and beat other people to get a title back. And it's just like it's a mess. So, yeah. um, it's a that, shame that's because, what like, it's a shame because honestly, I mean, super high level. I know I, I half joke, but like, you know, I'm like, you know, I obviously don't think that like Jake Paul and like, like Lamar Odom and these guys are like for, I mean, Jake Paul's obviously like for, more for real than like Lamar Odom and like Aaron Carter yeah. are, but like, yes. I, I, I watch that stuff very tongue in cheek because like, it's just, I mean, I watched 
this guy called the John Gabbana fight this guy called Supreme Patty. I think they're both right. like, TikTokers or Instagrammers or something. Like I watched them fight and like, it was entertaining because they were so bad. And they were the, the worst boxer I've ever seen in my life is a guy called skinny from the nine. Don't know why he's famous, where he's from. I, he was the worst boxer I've seen in my life. He was on one of those shows. But, <laughs> but when you watch like, when you watch really good boxers, or even when you watch like Anderson Silva, what he's doing right now and stuff, like when you watch that kind of stuff, like I love watching boxing when I see that kind of stuff, like, right. like the high level of like Anderson Silva, what he's doing right now, seeing, seeing Usyk and Joshua, like I watched that fight live and I was like, I was like, man, Usyk's badass. Like I, I could get behind this guy. Like I, this, I want to yeah. see him fight often. Like we watch Fury and Wilder and it's like, damn, like if these guys could, get in the ring um, two two or three times a year, uh, man, like I, people would be invested. Everyone would be making more money. Like yeah. they'd have so much more legitimacy. Like don't like, and, and what you're talking about with, with Wilder, we, we were saying it during the live stream too. I just really, like you said, I just hope that, because I've already seen stuff about his coach putting out stuff about him having like a hurt hand or something going into it or whatever. Mm. And it's like, just give Fury the props of winning because dude, we all saw you drop him. Like we yep. know that we know that like the ref counts a little faster. Like you might win these fights. Like nobody's right. taking anything away from Deontay Wilder. Like right. he's clearly Fury's the best. Wilder's like right here. Like, and then yep. we all uh, see, I like Wilder. I think Wilder would destroy Anthony Joshua. I think he destroyed Reese. You know, him and Usyk would be interest, very interesting. Like, yeah. So, man, if Wilder could just like n- just drop the excuses, give some props, because like I was saying, going into the fight, dude, it is a travesty that that dude isn't like a worldwide megastar just based on yeah. the looks test alone. You see yeah. that if you saw that guy in the supermarket, you'd be like, "What sport is this? Like, who is this guy? Like, this, yeah. he looks like a superhero." Like. Yeah. I mean, he should be he should be massive, but he keeps shooting himself in the foot with all these excuses and stuff after these losses. So I think the tough part is is because with him, it was like he just needed that one really big fight. Yeah. Like everyone knew he was legit. He had Fury. all the wins. Yeah. And he needed that one big fight, and they yeah. picked Fury, who was really just on the comeback. Like he hadn't really fought anybody. People were worried about Fury's health. They thought he was going in to die. Like they thought overweight. They thought Wilder was going to smash him to pieces. Like they didn't even think that he had much of a chance. And then he really outboxed him, but then got dropped in in the last round. So it, 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 it gained more interest in the second fight. And then when Tyson dominated him like that, it was just like, like everything that people thought of Wilder were like, Oh wow. Like we were wrong, but that's not what it should be. Like he just got, and it's not like Fury has sucked. Like Fury, I'm pretty sure Fury's undefeated at this point. And like, he's, he's dominated. And I mean, he beat Klitschko for crying out loud and nobody could do it at first, but who else did it? Anthony Joshua, which is why like, Anthony Joshua and Tyson, it should have been happened a long time ago. And it's because of the promoter BS and it never happened. And so, and, and the thing is too, one thing you can say is Fury and Wilder fought each other. Joshua hasn't fought either one of them. So it, it, it Joshua was looking pretty bad at this point, And now he just lost to Usyk on top of it. And he's lost to Andy Ruiz. Like, 
this is Eddie Hearn's cash cow, and you can see it's starting to dwindle here. Yeah. Yeah, you know, this is also another time where it's just so cruddy that, like, that it's so hard to make things happen. And there's also such a discrepancy between, like, what the UFC, UFC pays their top guys versus what boxing pays their top guys. Because, honestly, the biggest – the fight I want to see right now is Deontay Wilder versus Francis Ngannou. Like, put yeah. those two guys in a ring together. Like, you know what I mean? Just have them swinging yeah. for the fences. Like, that yeah. would be so much fun. Two guys with just sick knockout power that don't do yeah. anything else. Like, they don't care about any kind of ground game. And obviously, boxing and MMA, but, like, in, in, in the UFC. I honestly, I, honestly, I honestly think when Nganu, if Nganu ever becomes a free agent, I think he will go to boxing. Uh, he's already kind of talked about that. And, I mean, could you imagine Nganu and Fury? Like, yeah, how big thing. that would be? Exactly, like... like that's a, that's why, like, because you yeah. were so surprised that Fury's only thirty three. Yeah, I couldn't believe that he's only thirty three. Yeah, and see, um, Wilder's, Wilder's like thirty eight. Like he's he's about done. I didn't even know that he was older than. than yeah, that's wild. But this is also where it's like, you know, you see Dana White and Tony Connor friends, and I'd imagine Dana White's at least somewhat aware of like how big the Forbidden Door has been for the popularity of wrestling. Man, just just like with Connor, like if Ngannou, I mean, wants you to saw talk, it. Connor and Mayweather was huge. Yeah, and the UFC got a big cut of it. Like, I don't know why yeah. they wouldn't want to do that more often. Like, you have Francis Ngannou wants to box Deontay Wilder or Tyson Fury or something like that, and Ngannou can pull, you know, thirty million or whatever to do the fight, and the UFC gets a chunk of that, and they don't have to even do anything outside of just you know throw their name on a couple things and throw the UFC logo on some stuff. And, and Dana's next to him when they're doing the press conferences. Like they, I don't know why that, why the UFC would like leave that kind of money on the table and, and potential popularity. Cause Francis Ngannou, the same thing that I was saying about Deontay Wilder, Francis Ngannou should be a much bigger star than what he is right now worldwide. Yeah. Like that, look at the same kind of thing. That guy walks to the supermarket. It's the same thing. You're like, what the hell? What species is this? This is, this is a, a superhuman, you know, like, right. and, and every, I mean, everyone, I feel like nobody even outside of the MMA bubble even knows Francis Ngannou exists. Like, yeah. but if you had him versus Tyson Fury and they pull in all these pay-per-view buys, then all these people are going to, especially if Francis Ngannou looks good against one of these guys, they're going to go, oh, damn, I didn't really realize that was going on. I'm going to start watching the UFC again. Like, they got guys like this now. Like, yeah, I mean, it just helps everybody when you do stuff like that. So, yeah, I wish we, I, I, this is a time where I, you know, like I said, I, I really uh, am definitely invested in boxing right now. Like any, all the freak show fights as well, but like any of these big, you know, the next time Canelo Alvarez fights, like I'm going to watch it. Like any, Caleb any of these, Plant. huh? He's fighting Caleb Plant. What's the, when, what day is that? You know, uh, it's the same day as Madison Square Garden UFC. Oh, really? So that's, that's why, why Tony Khan. That's why Tony Khan wanted no part of full, of full gear on that day. I want. So we'll definitely be doing a watch along for Fightful for at least the UFC. But we might. Maybe there's a way we try to like kind of dual screen. Uh, maybe we can do both. Well, hopefully. Well, the UFC is smart. They'll be done before the boxing main event starts. So maybe it might, might be right i i honestly think both main events will probably be starting around the same time but boxing usually lasts longer yeah but 
I mean, Canelo, I mean, these fights aren't going to decision a lot of them. I mean, he, he's getting these guys out of here. So yeah. that was the fight that was supposed to happen in Vegas like a few weeks ago, right? And it got pushed uh, back. No, I think that one's pretty valid. I'm okay. not. There was there was like a big else. there was like a big boxing fight that was supposed to happen like the same weekend as like the WWE in Vegas, and it that was it, that was Tyson Fury and Wilder. Oh, that was this fight that just happened? Okay, gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Um. Cool. Well. Uh. But yeah. That's that, there's that about. one, and then there's um, Terrence Crawford and Sean Porter. That, that's yeah, that's, I, a, that's a big one too. I know Terrence Crawford a little bit. I've seen I've seen a little bit of him. Um, He's viewed as one of the absolute best in the division, but he hasn't really fought anybody in top rank. Isn't really like top rank wouldn't fight PBC boxers, and PBC boxers were mainly of that division. And so, like, he never got a big fight because it's just who he signed, what promoter he signed with. Because they wanted to do him and Earl Spence. Like, that's been the fight that everybody wants to see. But Sean Porter had fought Earl Spence before and put him through a war. He lost, but it was it was like fight of the year. And so now Terrence Crawford's going to fight Sean Porter. Sean Porter's usually pretty game. Like, it should be a good fight. Hell yeah. Good deal. Well, I'm glad the boxing, once again, whether it's, the super high level stuff or even just the celebrity stuff. Like, I mean, there's a lot of boxing going on right now to, to watch. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad about that. I'm happy about that. Like, I've, I've been I think the of- biggest thing the UFC is hurting with is like, if it's not pay-per-view, it's literally doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, and before we used to have pretty exciting fight nights and there were crowds and now it's just kind of like, and, and a lot of it too is they can't get fighters to travel in. Like yeah. there's certain fighters that are just stuck internationally that they can't get done. And before they used to just be able to stack it or go to an international venue and show those fights. You know what I mean? Yeah. The next UFC that's on free TV or ESPN plus and probably, probably ESPN. Um, the best one that I actually really care about is Holloway and Yair Rodriguez. And yeah. That's like, but that's in like December. So, yeah. um, so yeah, you're right. I mean, a lot of the that's a whole other conversation in itself. Like you know, the even as big of an MMA fan as I am, I I would definitely at this point prefer they do like twice a month or something versus every single weekend. They're just they're just yeah. so watered down right now with some of these shows. So agreed. And a lot of the pay per views, unfortunately, fights have fallen through. And like, if you're only looking forward to a pay-per-view and a fight follows through, then it's just not the same anymore. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's, uh, it's been a, it's been a rough go. Like, I feel like if they were like the MVPs last year, but like this year, it's, it's not, it's not been as good. No. And it's funny is the crowds return for the big events, but it's just, you know, I, I think that they relied on Connor too much. I think they relied on other people too much. And, and, uh, it just, you know, I also don't necessarily like that they have to have a title shot every pay per view because then it's like they, they are forced to, to book fights that, you know, like a Pena and a, and Amanda Nunez, like they just have to have a title shot. So they're going to put it on there, but it's like, that's not really the best fight, you know? Yeah. So totally agree. what it is. But I, I'm not hitting the panic button. They'll always no. find new stars. They're always they're just going through a lull right now. But I feel like they're going to finish the year strong. Yeah, I agree. I'm not like worried about it or anything. I just, uh, no. it just they, they're just there's been a, a a big lack of buzz 
uh, as I mean, I've been I've been watching for 20 years now, and I mean, I've seen it go up and down, up and down. It's just part of the business, but it it it's none of my concern. Like they'll be fine. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. I think that's a good way to end this. Um, Thanks for everybody that tuned in. If you haven't, please hit that like button. Please subscribe. Thank you for everybody that submitted the super chats. I really appreciate it. And uh, be sure to catch Dino. First Rampage, I guess, is actually going to be first. So Rampage Friday, they're going to have a buy-in on YouTube with Lee Moriarty and Bobby Fish and Brian Danielson versus Suzuki. Like, come on now. And then and then Rampage is stacked as well. And then you have Dynamite on Saturday. So um, don't forget those. And uh, – Make sure that you uh, check those out and uh, make sure you watch my Cowboys beat the Patriots on Sunday. And uh, yeah, things are good. Skull Vikings. We're going to beat you down got? Carolina Panthers. Okay. Okay. Winnable. Yeah. It's winnable. They were, they were a little tough. CMC might be back also. So that, that would be a disaster if I were you. I wouldn't enjoy that. But that would also take away a lot of DJ Moore's activity as well, so it might even out. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I mean, put like some I pressure said, on Sam Darnold. He'll throw some picks. Yeah, like I said pre-show before we went live, like the Vikings didn't deserve to win this last game against um, Detroit, like against you, the Lions. The by the way, I I want to I want you to know how sinister I get when we beat a team. I go and look up fans on youtube of that team and i've watched them in their sorrow like i i enjoy it like there's a there's a guy named cop hizzle that's a giants fan i love beating him like he's extremely entertaining and he's uh he cuts promos and everything he's been around for years but like i love beating him it hurts him so bad and it just feels so good and then you know what else i do i watch the post press conference of the players and the coaches of that team so I can see the pain of the losing team. <laughs> I watch all of it. I watch where they're like, yeah, you know, we we thought we had a good game plan. We just didn't implement it right. Uh we just didn't it didn't execute our our game plan and I'm just like, you couldn't execute it. We were just too good. We beat you. You deal with it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I get a little sinister with it. Uh, the only time I really do anything like that is like if the Vikings win some, like the Minneapolis miracle or something like that, like I'll look up compilation videos of the opposing team who like anyone who recorded themselves watching live and like seeing their live reaction of their team getting beat. That's pretty fun for me. So yeah. Um, like yeah. them in front of their in front of their TV, thinking yeah, that they got the like, one. <laughs> so I actually have to find the ones from the Lions from this week. So I'm sure they're out there. People who who thought they had won the game with 30 seconds left, and we came back upfield. I'm like watching like one of the live streams while the game's going on, and we did like a pick six and housed it. And I they, I just say oh, I'll tune in to see what he's doing. He's literally on the floor. He's like laying on the ground, like he's done. I was just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't want none. You don't want none of this. So, oh man, awesome. It'll be fun. Uh, our week, our Halloween week. Yeah, I got to make a decision <laughs> on what my uh, my parents 
said that like they asked what jersey I want for Christmas this year because I haven't mm. gotten a new Vikings jersey and it's been a long time. The last one I got was Antoine Winfield and he hadn't been on the team for years at this point. And I've had this, this Randy Moss one forever. Yeah, huh? at least he didn't have a digs. I know, but that's my reservation. That's my thing is like I'm mm. probably gonna go Adam Thielen. Purple Adam Thielen jersey probably because I feel like at the very least he'll retire with the team. Like he'll like you know I don't I think well I mean he's he grew up a Vikings fan he lives in Minnesota and everything I think he'll always I think he'll stay there. But I like think Jefferson is probably your best bet just because he's young and he's his he he like Thielen could fall off a cliff and like Jefferson could continue continue to get better, which will probably earn him a second contract in my opinion. Yeah, but if we're not winning, he's gonna want out. Um, I agree, I agree, but I mean, y'all are good enough to at least win some games where I think he would want to stay. I don't yeah. know. I mean, I and I, I'm not gonna lie. I want a Kirk Cousins jersey, but I also gotta see how the season plays out because he could very well not be there past next year too. So yeah, like, I, yeah. so I feel like Cousins. I feel sorry. I feel like Thielen is either Thielen or maybe Harrison Smith because like he he's extended and like he sh- like the point of extending him was to make sure he retired a Viking. So like. Maybe I go Harrison Smith. I don't know, but that's kind of what I'm between right now. But I, uh, I, I do expect to get a new Vikings jersey for the holidays this year. So I'll probably go Thielen, but maybe I'll maybe I'll ask for two of them. I don't know. We'll see. I would I would go with Jefferson. This is my opinion. I'm I'm too worried that we're not going to win enough. He's going to leave. <laughs> but I, but I, I honestly think you'd have a better shot because I could see Thielen just getting traded just to get out of a contract. Like I think at least with Jefferson, like you, you have a young piece that pe- they're not going to want to get rid of. I honestly think I know it sounds crazy. I honestly think Thielen would retire before he got traded. Because like you think he's, he's that dedicated? Yeah, and he's already been in the league for almost ten years. People don't realize yeah. that. Like this That's is true. like ninth season. So, um, I would get it if, 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 if you really like were just a fan of him forever and it not necessarily matters if he's a current player or not, like, then yeah, that makes yes. sense. But like, if you're looking for a, a guy that you could probably wear for like the next five to eight years, probably Jefferson. Just get a far jersey. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, <laughs> all right, guys, we'll catch you later.